With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. An FBI agent accused of suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop investigation, among other acts of political bias, was was escorted out of the bureau building, resigned. And there's conflicting reports as to whether or not this was just a resignation and escorting someone out is, is totally normal or this is something more serious. And I think despite the reporting to the contrary, it is more serious because this individual was placed on leave and the resignation was probably one of those things where they're like, I demand your resignation over this. And then the guy resigns. So maybe this is good news. We'll talk about that because the greater context, Donald Trump is livid, calling out this FBI agent saying he was fired. Joe Biden is now coming out saying the attacks on the FBI are are egregious. But I just got to tell you, man, you, you, more and more we look at it. The FBI looks completely corrupt and it's actually pretty scary. So we'll get into all that. We got a bunch of other stories. We have Taiwan firing warning shots at a Chinese drone. This is creepy because we also have conflicting reports. CNN says an unidentified drone. We don't know. And NBC says it was a Chinese drone. So who's CNN covering for? And then we got this crazy story out of Portland. These these people took over the city for street racing, or whatever. Many of them are Antifa leftist types, leftist types who want lawlessness. And they started shooting at some old guy and then killed one of their own. This is what's happening on the streets in this country. So we'll get into all that and much, much more. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only show coming up for you at 11 p.m. So check that out. We've got, a, we've got the uh, latest episode of the Cast Castle vlog is up, members-only. And this one is called MTG Slayer, starring Marjorie Taylor Greene. So I think you'll get a kick out of it. It's good fun. And uh, again, that's the Cast Castle vlog. And then also, click the link in the description below if you'd like to purchase our latest song, Only Ever Wanted. It is the first song that we released officially under Timcast Records. I guess it's what we're calling it. And we're going to be releasing a lot more music and uh, producing a lot more. With your support, we might actually get the song to chart. We have until Thursday, so click the link in the description below. Buy it. 69 cents if you want to support us. Joining us to uh, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us today to talk about the FBI, Donald Trump, corruption is Peter Navarro. Tim, really good to be back with you here, sir. And, uh the rural Maryland, uh, it's just a sweet little spot out here. And we got uh, the music going on during the day. And uh, oh, yeah, this good stuff at night. Can you, uh, do you want to introduce yourself, what you did, who you are? Uh, sure. <clears throat> I um, am uh, one of only three senior White House advisors who serve with uh, President Trump uh, in the White House, starting all the way from the campaign in 2016 uh, to what we like to uh, joyfully call the end of his first term, just to uh, make it clear that he's still very much uh, in the game. My bag, um, as it were, was uh, dead center, uh, deplorable, make America great again, uh, Trump Republicanism. My remit for the first three years of the Trump White House, Tim, was uh, to create blue-collar manufacturing jobs um, in America. And in order to do that, 
we had to do uh, a combination of things. One, uh, we had to level the playing field internationally with uh, trade cheaters, which uh, at the top of that list was, of course, communist China. So I was known as, uh, along with uh, brother Steve Bannon, before he uh, exited the White House, as the, the China Hawks. Um, and then the, uh, the second way to go about bringing manufacturing home was to prosecute aggressively the Buy America, Hire America policies of the administration. So I was, um, I mean, one of, the, one of the triumphs, I think, of the Trump administration um, was to, uh, first of all, get tough on China, but second of all, to bring in the old Reagan Democrats, the, the Trump uh, Democrats that became Republicans, because um, we, we really focused like a laser on uh, good jobs at good wages for the people. So it was um, it was an interesting four years. Um, but part of the reason I'm here, I got a, this new book out called Taking Back Trump's America. Uh, the mission of that book um, is to win back uh, the House of Representatives in 2022 in November. We'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. But also put Trump back in the White House in 2024. But Really, the importance of the book is uh, to talk about the difference between Trump Republicanism and, and rhinos, the Republican name only. So and that, that's what do that. Biden is uh, drawing a distinction between right now, saying the MAGA Republicans, semi-fascism and all that stuff. So we'll get into all that. You were also, uh, they also arrested you, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, I guess I buried the lead there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <A little> bit, <laughs> yeah. Shackled? Since you were uh, leg irons, baby. They put um, you in leg irons. They put they put me in leg irons. Uh, the the bigger story here. Let me let me give context. Uh, well, I, I don't want to I don't want to okay. get into it before we yeah, get started. Yeah, okay. But. So they put me in leg irons and and solitary confinement. Wow. Denied me an attorney. Kept me in solitary confinement in a dungeon. Uh, they seemed to be happy about the fact that I was in the same cell uh, that uh, John Hinckley sat in after he shot Reagan. This, wow. this seems to be kind of something that stuck in their minds. It's like the guy who created hundreds of thousands of manufacturing jobs in the White House and during the pandemic saved hundreds of thousands of lives was sitting in the same cell as the guy who shot Ronald Reagan. Okay. <laughs> That's that's the FBI, folks, as we know. Oh, yeah. We'll go off we'll on get them into that. a little bit later. Yeah. Yes, sir. So thanks for joining us. We also have Hannah Claire Brimelow. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimelow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. Very easy. Yeah, What's sure. up, dudes? Ian Crossland here. Man, Peter, I'm glad you're talking my, about industrialization. Man. My brother, Ian. Yo, yeah. Good to see you again, So man. I don't know if you're familiar, but we can... Um, retrieve carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and deposit oh, okay. it to create graphene. Speaking of uh -huh. bearing the lead there. So <laughs> how about, how about we, sit, we get into the show already? <laughs> the show is hot. I'll tell you about it. So it's, it's a way I think that we can bridge the gap between environmentalists and national industrialists. You know, it's funny you say that, if, if I may here. It's like, I, my background, by the way, and don't hold this against me, I have a PhD in economics from Harvard. So oh it's like, this is kind of, it's like, this is my wheelhouse. And, and the idea... That, that we could ever solve the issue of carbon dioxide emissions on the demand side is ludicrous. Because no matter how much you would ever restrict carbon consumption here in the United States and in Europe, whatever we did would be far outstripped by growth of that 
in India and particularly China. I mean, so it's it's friggin' absurd. It's yeah. friggin' absurd. And well, I, let's, I've, let's, but but the, to his point, just carbon capture on the supply side. If you're going to do this, that's what we should focus. on. Yeah, you do on. It with methane and carbon yeah. dioxide. Yeah, we'll no we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We will. It, uh, Tim's it's getting out of control. <laughs> I know, you guys. I'm very excited for this show. We're gonna have a great time. In case you guys didn't already notice, let's yeah. jump into it. Let's Actually, go. Actually, no, no, no. We're getting we're getting dragged up. We're getting jammed up again. I just want to give a shout out. Uh, we can pull this up to oh, Tom yeah, McDonald, yeah. who's currently number oh, three snap. on the rap and hip hop's yeah. iTunes. Because I was saying the other day, like if you don't want to support our music, Tom mm. McDonald's got better stuff than than we do. And if everybody just bought his stuff. The point is just to 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 take over the culture, to to create more culture, and he's certainly doing it. So he tweeted out that he's currently number three on iTunes because I was shouting him out. So you guys rock and shout out Tom McDonald, and he was like, "Fake woke's like a really old song. All of a sudden, it's popping up he's on the charts because Tim's shouting it out. Yeah, but yeah, man, it's about affecting culture, man. Let's jump into this first story. It's finally, time. <laughs> here we go from the Post Millennial. FBI agent accused of suppressing Hunter Biden laptop investigation resigns escorted out of building. Now, this story is really interesting because there's conflicting reports as to whether or not he just resigned or he was forced to resign. And the, the story from The Washington Times is that this guy, Tim Tubalt, retired over the weekend, but was previously on leave for about a month. According to The Washington Times, Tubalt retired over the weekend on Friday. Eyewitness accounts state he was seen exiting the Washington Bureau's elevator while being escorted by two or three headquarters-looking types. Tabal was named by Senate Judiciary Ranking Member Chuck Grassley in July in a July letter to FBI Director Ray and Attorney General Merrick Garland that cited whistleblowers who alleged political bias from high-ranking officials. According to Grassley, the whistleblower said the FBI and Justice Department employees must follow strict guidelines to open an investigation, and Tabalt did not follow them. He said, as you are aware, Assistant Special Agent in Charge Tim Tabalt probably pronouncing it right, is not, is, is not the only politically biased FBI agent at the, White, at the Washington field office, adding the FBI answers to Congress and the American people. Tabal was one of 13 special agents in charge of the, of, at the Washington field office and had been under fire from Republicans in Congress after it was revealed that he made anti-Trump posts on social media in the lead up to the 2020 election while he was supposed to be helping to direct the investigation of Hunter Biden. Well, as we know from these whistleblowers, the FBI blocked that. Now, Donald Trump came out and said, this is the guy that was leading the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Other media outlets have come out and said, that's not true. But this guy's the Washington field office. And it was the Washington field office that was in charge of this. So all of the news coming out is conflicting. Fox News said it's, it's unceremonious that he was escorted out. That's normal. And that it was just a resignation. Mm. While the Washington Times saying he says he's being forced out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who do you believe now? This is the challenge. So, Peter, what, what's going on? Is the FBI a bunch of uh, a bunch of good guys just trying to help help us all live better lives? Are they going after the criminals, or are they Biden's personal Gestapo? Yeah, let, let's put this um, in historical context. If you go back to the days of J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI has a, has a, a very tawdry history of abusing the yeah. agency for political ends. I, I, Martin Luther King, I think, was the poster child 
of the wrath of of God, um, aka J. J. Edgar, but others, many others, felt uh, the investigatory weaponization of that agency. So um, that supposedly went away, but but I would argue, and and Tim, let's put this this um, Hunter laptop Biden incident um, in in its broader historical perspective, and and we start. When I was on the campaign uh, in 2016 with Donald Trump in Trump Tower in Manhattan, um, prior to the 2016 election, the so-called Russia hoax began. The, the Russia hoax is a discredited Russia hoax, um, which was supposed to somehow tie Trump as some kind of puppet of Putin, right? It's just, it's just it was a, a Democrat operative funded by Hillary Clinton that got it started, but it was the FBI agents like Peter Strzok, uh, Lisa Page, Comey himself, others. And that was where the first preemptive coup was attempted on Donald Trump. Okay. What, what they wanted to do prior to the election was taint him with the Russia hoax and Hillary would win. That didn't work, but that Russia hoax continued for for several years led by former FBI director Mueller and they took they took a lot of prisoners to him a lot of casualties i mean mike flynn i love that guy i was with him in the trump tower uh, during the transition we had great plans he was going to be the national security advisor we were going to crack down on china it would have made a real difference they got him in an entrapments game they got george papadopoulos they got Paul Manafort. They 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 did an over-the-top raid of Roger Stone with frogmen and guns blazing leaks to CNN. There's a pattern here. That's my point here, Tim. There's a pattern here. Preemptive coup prior to 2016. A coup they attempted throughout the years that Trump was in. And fast forward to Hunter Biden, laptop. They succeeded in that coup. If you believe two things. One, Mark Zuckerberg says the FBI told him to suppress any information about the Hunter Biden laptop prior to the election. And the FBI had that thing for over a year. They knew the information was accurate, that that guy was 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 into pornography, crack, and most importantly, influence peddling. But, but, but it's, it's not just that. It's that there's connections between him and his dad and their business dealings, which is... I think yes. more than just being a bad person. According yes. to Mark, the FBI gave him a general w- warning, like, hey, watch out for misinformation. And then Mark took it upon himself to censor the except, Biden thing. Except whistleblowers came out and said that they knew the Hunter, lap- Hunter Biden laptop thing was happening and they should not investigate it because they didn't want to interfere in the election. At the same time, went to Mark Zuckerberg and said, hey, yeah. we want to actually put our thumb on the scale. So watch out for the information we deem to be misinformation. Yeah. You can't play it both ways. You can. And and interestingly enough, last week I had to, I had to step in as a guest host for Brother Bannon on his show. And when that story broke that day, I interviewed Miranda Devine. Why is that important? She wrote the book, Laptop from Hell. Um, the New York Post was the one who broke the story. And Twitter took them off. And Facebook, and what she said was Zuckerberg flat out lied because um, he and Facebook were much more aggressive than Twitter. But here's the we, point. We, we had actually someone message us in the Super Chats last night. Yeah. Saying Zuckerberg lied. They had they had been permanently banned from Facebook over 
sharing the Hunter yes. Biden laptop story yeah, during yeah. the election. Yeah, he 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 made Twitter sound like they were the like the tough guys, and they saw no BS. <clears throat> Calling BS on Mark, but but the main thread here is the FBI. I, I, I see them as, as an insurrectionist, okay? Think about this. And if you look at Webster's Dictionary, an insurrectionist is, is armed people who are trying to overthrow the, quote, constituted authority, okay? Trump was president for four years. Armed FBI agents in the executive suites and down tried to overthrow Trump, and they succeeded. Well, now— They succeeded. The, the polls here, Tim, you know what the polls say about Hunter Biden laptop, right? Rasmussen, I think it found, what, 7% of people would have voted yes. for Trump had they known about this. Yes. So, so this, Trump this, should this, be in the White House. But but what do, you, what do you think about the FBI going after Hillary Clinton's emails? Because the argument that the left makes is that, well, if Comey hadn't done the investigation over her emails, she would have gotten— the same bump, and she would have won. Well, uh, in the dual system of justice, I'm the guy in leg irons. Huh. Trump's the guy who has has a uh, a raid on Mar-a-Lago despite cooperating with the National Archives of That's all incredible, things. Huh? And Eric Holder, who was the attorney general under Obama, who killed people with his, his misoperation down in Mexico with, with gun running— he he was charged. They were rec- they recommended the same charge for him as me. He he went free. Hillary's free. Peter Strzok's on CNN making six or seven figures, and that was the SOB at the FBI in the top executive suites, who was directly responsible for manipulating information to perpetuate the Russia hoax. And so so to actually- finish the thought, it's like. Now we have another preemptive coup. We had one in 2016 that failed. We had an actual coup by the FBI that succeeded because they suppressed the Hunter Biden information, which would have swung the election to Trump. And now we have another attempted preemptive coup at Mar-a-Lago trying to stick him with a criminal charge that would prevent him from running. So the question here is, to this news point, is this one guy— how many bad apples are in that bunch? And I go back. 13? I, <laughs> a thousand? Two, I mean, how many? I go back to why I'm here in a little way. I did, taking back Trump's America book's mission is to get control of the House of Representatives in November so that we can start issuing the subpoenas to the FBI, the Department of Justice, the National Archives, and find out just what exactly is going on. Who's calling these shots. Who who decided to go down to Mar-a-Lago a, when the guys cooperating with him and and go down there with armed agents and what did, steal boxes? What did Cash Patel say? What did Cash Patel say? He thinks that the boxes they took are related to some of the cover-ups inside the FBI related to the Russia. Well, so, so this is this is that's my plausible. The affidavit said that they recovered fifteen boxes. Uh, I think they, 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 they seized 11 doc, uh, packets of documents or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Correct me if I'm wrong Hannah Clear. Uh, it said that Donald Trump was instructed that he had boxes that may contain classified information by the National Archives. So he then sent those boxes. Oh, yeah, here you go. Take them. The National Archives took them, went through them and found newspaper clippings, personal memos from the president and some classified information spattered among these boxes. Then sent a message to the FBI saying, hey, look what Trump had. The FBI said, sounds like he's got more, probably. Okay. 
got a warrant on those grounds. And the warrant said from the first day to the last day of his presidency. And then they went in, searched through the house, took more documents. So Cash thinks the documents they took were related to Russiagate. Yeah. And that, I mean, this is a crazy, this is a crazy movie-esque story, if this is really how it played out. That Donald Trump leaves the White House, declassifying as he goes the crossfire hurricane documents showing the FBI was engaged in malfeasance to try and subvert this country or something like that. And then while, for whatever reason, Trump's holding onto these documents, not publishing them, they realize he's got them and they need an excuse to go in and take them, which is why they needed a broad yeah. search warrant that said from day one to the last day, which is insane. The Fourth Amendment, my understanding, prescribes you need a narrow set for your search warrant. You need to be looking for something specifically that is approved of, not to simply go to a judge and be like, we think he's got classified documents. Good enough for me. You can take anything he has from any point in his presidency. That's insane. The, um, that, that theory may well be true. But what I did was I went and looked at the statutes authorizing the, the search. And interestingly enough, there's a little clause right there in the statute says that if you, ha- if you were found to contain uh, confidential documents, you can't run for office. Right, Think about the, that. Uh, it's right there in the statute. So it's like this could be Russiagate, and I, I believe that. Well, but it also could be as simple as they picked those statutes as a way of stopping Trump from. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think these people are as powerful as a lot of people think they are. I think obviously we have this unit of FBI agents and probably many, many more that are really bad. But this won't stop Trump. That's 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 an absurd. It's just it doesn't make sense. Trump is the president. He has broad declassification powers, if not unilateral declassification powers. They try and compare yeah. him to Hillary Clinton. But Hillary Clinton was not the president. She doesn't determine what is classified. Trump does as the president. So Cash Patel said this, I think, back in January. Anything Trump has is declassified because he was the president. Look, it's two things can be true here. One is that they can have the powers that they think they have. These are very powerful people. Okay, they put people in prison. I mean, look, think about my situation here, Tim. Take a guess, okay? How much on lawyers have I already shelled out for what is a misdemeanor? Okay, think about that. Again, well, let's 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 start from the beginning. Let's six hundred thousand. But let's let's start from the beginning. It's close. It's it's over four hundred, and that's just the beginning. Let's let's start from the beginning. Yeah. What, you you got arrested? What happened? So <clears throat> the the overlay here is the January sixth so called select committee, which um, is selected basically of a bunch of Democrats and two. Rhino Republicans. It's a committee which Nancy Call Pelosi herself called unprecedented because it's a totally partisan committee, which I repeatedly called long before I ever got a subpoena, a witch hunt in a kangaroo court designed to build a criminal case against Trump, which you can't do. Okay? You, know, you, you know, they put me in that stuff, right? Yeah. They no. showed a clip of me reading a news article. Oh, interesting. And then claimed yeah. that I was a you Trump supporter time. calling for people you to go to DC. Never, time. never did. They yeah. lied. Yeah. Jamie yeah. Raskin is a liar and an, and an awful person. Yes. Anyway, I uh, so they they um, subpoena me uh, and command me. That's the term they use to come and testify before Congress and provide them with some documents. Now, here's the constitutional problem and the rock and hard place I'm in. As soon as they did that, we have the fact that Trump invokes what's called executive privilege. Okay, executive privilege 
it goes back to George Washington. It's a doctrine. It, 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 it might, you know, the word privilege has kind of got a bad rap these days. But the whole idea is for a president to make effective decisions, he has to be able to have confidential discussions with his closest advisors that can't be revealed in, in the ordinary course of business. So as soon as he evoked in privilege, number one, it was not my privilege to waive. Number two, so I told the committee repeatedly, time and time again, go negotiate a waiver of the privilege with the president and his attorneys. This they is never the same uh, argument that Steve Bannon's legal team uh, used, right? That he, that Trump had invoked executive privilege and he was not. It's the same at argument liberty. that Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff, and and Dan Scavino. They're arguing you lose, the, the president loses executive privilege the moment he walks out of office. Which is a fanciful and absurd notion it's which insane. has no basis in the law. The point it, it here would, it would is mean that, that you have no privilege during the presidency either. It's, it's yeah, ridiculous. It's, it's, privilege it's belongs crazy. to the office, not to the individual. It's crazy. Well, uh, be careful with that because that's kind of their argument uh, in some sense. The, 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 just go that, back that to the no logic sense. of well, this. I mean, it's it like makes no sense. if leave, President Trump, uh, Trump has executive privilege and, and his pre predecessor comes in and immediately strips him of it, and then he never had it. Yeah, right? but I don't right. think you should but, be able to strip the presidency of its privilege. It, it's just right. that's... Okay. Well, so, so it's not the office. It's the individual who held, who held the office. Yeah. Like any president who goes in and says, I, this privilege is required for the, the, the reason of having independent branches. If you left and then that could be taken away from you, You'd have civil war every every four years. Less, Literal less, civil war. Less tangent. Can a can a new president uh, get the information from the old pre president's privilege, or are they privileged from each other? Like they're not allowed to know what each other has done. When a when a, a president's past or present invokes executive privilege, then that privilege applies to what whatever it is he's invoked it on, and it's not the authority of his advisors who were considered the top advisors were considered alter egos of the president in other words when they subpoena me it's like subpoenaing the president so my point here in terms of my situation is trump invokes privilege not my privilege to waive the committee does nothing to resolve that issue and the next thing we know they pass a resolution to hold both dan scavino and myself in contempt for, for failing to comply with the subpoena. And Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. <laughs> Hijinks ensue. Now, the, the funny part of the story, and it's a darkly comic uh, in a brutal uh, authoritarian way, is I live literally a field goal kick away from the FBI. I mean, I, I was a field goal kicker in high school. I could hit the FBI with a, from, my, from my balcony in the building I'm in with a field goal. That's how close they field are. Goal. Yet. What's, what's, what's a good field goal, though? What, how many yards are we talking? Like 40? 40 yards. 40 yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just right there, right? And so um, rather than it, it, what they should have done with me is call 
my attorney and arrange what they call a voluntary arrest. This is a misdemeanor, right? Just, hey, we've got an arrest room for you. Come on down. We'll do the paperwork and, you know, you'll be out, out with, it, with no bail and, you know, we'll, we'll deal with this in the courts. That's how it should have went. And two days before they took me, I actually talked to the FBI agent and said, hey, whatever you need, I'm happy to cooperate with you guys. And that same day, I'd sent a letter to the, uh, the attorney uh, the, you know, at the Justice Department saying, hey, I'm looking for a modus vivendi here. Call, call this attorney here. I'm stuck between this rock and hard place. So it's like peace, right? Peace, <laughs> peace, brother, right? Peace in Hawaii. And so... On, on that Friday, uh, they, they let me leave my home across the street from them, go to Reagan Airport, sit for an hour in the boarding area, getting ready to go board a plane to Nashville to do Mike Huckabee's show. And I go through, I, I do my gate ticket thing and, and walk into the jetway. And the next thing I know, there's three armed agents behind me and two armed agents coming at me, Right. And it's like they take my phone, can't call an attorney, put me in handcuffs, take me down the jetway. And meanwhile, as soon as that's happening, it was like all the newspapers had been leaked. You know, all the media had this leak, but they kept me in solitary, right? And I go, I get fingerprinted, I, I go and get leg irons, strip searched. And, you know, the, 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 one of the common hands. things, it's like they're walking me down. And this, this guy, young guy, I got no problem with, with the people who work at the place. They're just doing their job, unlike the FBI, which seems to enjoy doing that job too much. Um, yeah, this guy's walking. I'm supposed to be following him. I'm in leg irons. You ever try to walk in leg irons? It's, it's not easy, right? And then they walk me down to the cell. They take away my tie because they think I'm going to hang myself and my belt because they think I'm going to hang myself. And um, it's, it's just like, why'd they put you in leg irons? So we can't escape. Yeah, you know, I think they wanted the. Well, it's bullying coercion. Look, Tim. Look. Well, I mean, you're a, you're well, a master sprinter. I yeah. mean, you rival he Usain was Bolt. Was a field goal kicker in high school. That's yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you guys understand. But this guy, man, is pure athleticism. Yeah. But they wanted the optics. Is really what it is. They, they wanted, wanted the optics, to show yeah. they, you. They want to bully, coerce me, and 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 try to break me. And and look, it's These like people are crooked. It's as they like come. there's a thing, a concept called lawfare that we've been having to deal with in the Trump administration, really big time. Um, it's like even if, if I'm never convicted and put in prison for two years, which is what they want to do, it's going to cost me well over a million dollars just to defend myself. And I'm, you over know, a misdemeanor. I, over a misdemeanor. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not one of the Wall Street guys who was in the Trump administration. You just, you know, I was a college professor before I got here. It's like, what the hell? It's like, what's going on here, guys? Um, so you get the bigger issue though. And I get back, look, the taking back Trump's America book, it's a mission for me. It's also my legal defense one, but we got to get the house back. We got to get the house back in November. I don't think Tim. it's bullying. I don't, I don't think it's bullying. What do you think it is? I think they want, they want to send a message to anybody who would work with Trump. If Trump wins, we will yeah, put you yeah, in like, no, I, 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 that's, I agree with that. It's like, who, look, who wants to go into government service? I mean, all I ever did, the response, all I ever did was save lives and create jobs there. The Nobody ever accused me of doing anything but that. The response 
from anyone who would want to work with Trump after seeing what they did to you should be to proudly assert they want to work with Trump and try 10 times harder to work with Trump in the next administration. Make them realize when they do things like this, people will only become more resolved and stand up for what they believe in. This is why the United States doesn't negotiate with terrorists. I, this, is, this, is, this is what I learned doing all the hostile environment stuff, training with, with the overseas, um, like when, when you're dealing with terrorists. Terrorists don't like, in many circumstances, to kidnap Americans because Amer- the United States government will not negotiate at all. They'll just send special forces or whatever to go and wipe them out and rescue the Americans or the Americans die. And so what ends up happening is typically, at least this is what, you know, how it was a while ago, things changed with ISIS. You can have an American gets kidnapped in the Middle East. They go, he's an American, leave. I don't want to deal with it. But a German guy or a Spanish guy, those countries, they pay up instantly. So what happens? They're more likely to be kidnapped. So what you need, the message you need to send when they do things like this, they want to scare you, make yourself stand up, be 10 times more resolved and say, okay, if you want to play these games, we're going to, we're going to try twice as hard, 10 times as hard to stand up for what we believe in, work with Trump and take back America. Couldn't agree with you more. There's also just the very practical matter of taking back the House of Representatives and getting the investigatory powers in the hands of Republicans who will then send out the subpoenas to the FBI, to the Justice Department, to the National Archives, to the Democrats on Capitol Hill, to the White House. Uh, I just, Tim, it's this this all stinks to high heaven. I mean, this is like this is like Banana Republic stuff yep. where whoever's in power tries to punish and imprison whoever was in power before so that they can't come back. I mean, it's a it's a it's a story that's been going on for for hundreds of years in countries around the world, we just never thought it could happen here. Why do you think it's happening here? I mean, at one point you were a Democrat, right? Do you think that the party has fundamentally become flawed or what evolution has taken place? Well, if you look at the Democrat Party itself, the, the, the Democrat Party that I associated with was blue collar America. It was it was the MAGA folks who want uh, real wages and decent jobs ri- rising. And it, and it, we just, the Democrat Party lost their way long, long, long ago. I mean, the well, way- Well, I, I just want to pause real quick and yeah. be like, they, you know, they were the party of slavery and Jim Crow and the Klan and all that well, stuff. Well, there so. is that too, Man, yeah. They, they've had a lot of problems for a long time. Look, I think probably all of us sitting around this table are more, more pragmatic pragmatists um, rather than partisans. Uh, you know, I, I wanted when I registered as a Republican, I wanted to register as a Trump Republican because I know what that means. Yeah. I, it, one of the cool things in the Trump taking back Trump's America book is to is to walk through what I call the Iron Triangle of MAGA. Right. It's like the rhinos love tax cuts. They love deregulation. Hey, Trump, Trump Republicans are on board with that. Fine. Fine. Strategic energy dominance, that too. Okay, what differentiates the Trump Republicans? It's an end to endless wars. It's secure borders. And at the top of that triangle or pyramid, it's, it's fair trade and a level playing field so blue-collar manufacturing workers can compete 
against the sweatshops of Asia and the subsidies of Europe. Uh, and, and, and that's what really Trump Republicanism means to me. And we, you know, we, we had, look, it's, what is it? Uh, Bill Parcells, NFL, you are what your record says you are. Our record in the Trump administration, strip all the rhetoric away, says that we built the strongest economy in modern history. Okay? We have turned the strongest economy in modern history over to a regime which, and you, you folks are way too young to understand this, um, is a replay of the worst decade of the 20th century, which is the 1970s. In many ways, the 70s um, were, they, they certainly rivaled the Great Depression years because just for the sheer length of time they went on. I mean, you can't imagine what it's like to have mortgage rates at 15%. I mean, that's like, you'd say you're out of your mind, Navarro. No, you go back in the 70s, and we, you know, the misery index of Reagan was, you know, double, you know, 10% in unemployment rate, 10% interest rates. And you were in the Reagan White House, right? No? No, it never was in. I, you know, I interestingly enough, um, and forgive me if I mention this, but I, 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 I explain that back, uh, back in the 80s when I was getting my Ph.D. at Harvard, I did have a chance to do that. Um, there was a guy, Murray Wiedenbaum, who uh, was the chairman of the Economic mm -hmm. Advi uh, Advisors, and he uh, invited me uh, to be his, uh, his speechwriter, essentially, because oh, cool. I, I did like op-eds back then, like in the Wall Street Journal, and it caught his eye. But I decided <laughs> that um, if I ever left... Harvard, I'd never get come back and finish. So I, I think I probably made the right choice there. But I want, I want to jump to this story from the Post Millennial. And I want to talk to you guys about what uh, what Portland is becoming, what it is, and I guess why it's important that you know people get out and vote, not just in the congressional elections, but in your local elections as well. The Post Millennial reports: Portland street mob shoots at elderly driver, accidentally kills one of their own. Shocking videos emerge on social media showing scenes of a deadly and fiery chaos at, at lawless street occupations in Portland. At one of the street racing takeovers on Sunday night near the Expo Center, attended by hundreds, an elderly man in a van appeared to be caught in the road before being violently attacked by an armed mob. Video posted on social media shows that as he desperately attempted to reverse and drive away while being attacked, he backed into a car. This is where things are getting crazy. A man in the crowd then fires at least 18 rounds at the fleeing van. A follow-up video shows the crowd catching up with the elderly man who had stopped on a patch of grass. He appeared to be in shock and was bleeding heavily. There were hundreds of people and cars in the area participating in an apparent illegal street takeover. I want to show you this account. It says, my boy's lifelong friend was killed last night at the street takeover. There's a candlelight vigil tonight at 8 p.m. at the Expo Center by please, please, uh, by please help get the word out and please help get candles donated to the location at eight, if you're able to, no BS, please respect the family. This individual is abolish ice, abolish pigs, burn down the system. They say, love your friends, be anti-racist, don't F Nazis, black flags, clearly an Antifa individual in Portland. And what Andy was saying is a lot of these people supporting these takeovers are Antifa, they're leftists, they want the lawlessness. This is what you get. But you know what? For whatever reason, the people of Portland keep voting for it. So I don't, I don't know if there is a way to change the minds of individuals who like that kind of scenario, because that I wouldn't want to live anywhere near it. But if that's the case, I don't see a mending of this country in terms of the political divide. 
especially with how the FBI has been treating people. It seems like an inevitability that there's what, a national divorce, a civil war or something like that, or maybe a revolution if one side doesn't actually stand up and vote. Uh, Close to home here, just last week, um, I was um, on a a jog, as it were, um, on the mall and went up kind of the the uh, left side of the Capitol Hill walkway, right? And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful just scene. There's mothers there with, with kids in the carriages and just people having a good time. And the next thing I know, a um, hundred or more guys come down on uh, these... Um, motorized skateboards going 30, 40 miles an hour with their helmets and Antifa-like gear. I don't know if they were. Um, And it's a wonder somebody didn't get killed. And so I got up to the top of the hill. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is uh, there's a motorcycle cop up there from the Capitol Hill Police. And I go, dude, what's going on here? It's like, how do you not do anything about that? Isn't that your job? And he tells me that they have orders directly from Pelosi and Bowser not to not to do anything. Okay? Wow. That's that's what's going on here, Tim. And the other they, story they, they, that, they like it. They the other story that caught my eye was just this week in DC, 16th Street, I think, somewhere in Northwest. Um, an NFL player, okay, who, who has to look formidable, okay, NFL player got shot mm-hmm. by two kids with guns 15 years old. They were trying to carjack. I mean, it's like, why, how does that happen if, if it's not because there's no law here? In, in the District of Columbia or Portland or everywhere in between. it's I mean, it happens to be at these Democrat cities have these skyrocketing crime rates because that's how they roll. And, and I, <laughs> it's, uh, I got no answers for that. Other Do you think than, it's a cycle? They, because no, it's not a cycle. It, this is like, I think it's, it's, I think it's cascading out of control. I mean, this is the whole... Rudy Giuliani thing when when he was uh, first uh, coming onto the scene and came with the James Q. Wilson broken window theory, the idea that that if you let you know one broken window go without repair, then you'll get a lot of broken windows. No, my thought is that in democratic cities, being soft on crime gets you elected, but then you have a crime problem, but you can't suddenly be tough on crime because then you'll lose your seat, right? It, 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 I, I'm trying to find out who, who the heck these people are who, who are voting for these people. I mean, well, it's just, it just, what? Who, cities, and Portland is a great city. It used to be a great used city. Used to be used a to great be. city. It used I'll, to be. I'll, I'll tell you how it works. What is going on there, Tim? You may have got a better handle on this than well, I do. I mean, people, uh, people care more about social conformity than they do about the future of this country. I think that's a fairly obvious. I think one of the problem with cities... And this is, an, I believe, an, an inevitability. I remember when I got wrongly pulled over in Chicago, and I couldn't do anything about it. What am I supposed to do? Cop gave me a ticket and said, ha ha, I, I, I wasn't speeding. Didn't matter. He said, tell it to a judge. A judge said, go screw myself. Yeah. Under 21, my license got suspended. Yeah. So what happens then is 
when you get cops that are using quota systems or in Chicago, it's real dark where they have black sites where they will arrest people and bring them without anyone knowing and beat them, things like that. No joke. This stuff happens. There was one guy who was electrocuting people to force confessions. When you arrest people or give them tickets because you need to make money off them, you're criminalizing regular people who then demand that this stop. And they say, we don't want this anymore. We want the police to back off. Then you get mayors who had elected and say, OK, police back off. Then crime runs rampant. It's, an, it's, it's a cycle. It's, an, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whirlpool of destruction. This is the crazy thing about these, these, these ghost quota systems they claim they don't have. We know they do it. We know that in many jurisdictions, there are regular people who are like, hey, it's the end of the month. Better slow down. That's a ridiculous notion. But they want to make money. They want to they, they get money from the citations. And then people say, I don't want to have cops out around anymore. When we talk about how the left wants to abolish police and they have these principal narratives, a lot of their narratives, I think, are insane. Right. We learned from, say, like, I think it was the Washington Post, something like between nine and 19 unarmed black men were shot in like 2019, not thousands like Black Lives Matter was trying to claim. But I'm talking to my friend who, who lives in a, you know, in the Baltimore area. And they were like, I don't care about any of that. I want to get rid of the cops because they keep pulling us over on BS charges or BS claims and giving us tickets. And I'm like, OK, I have no argument for that. Mm-hmm. Like, but what am I supposed to say? Philadelphia did that and they are having continued problems. I mean, Philadelphia. Oh, then it just falls apart. Mm-hmm. So look. When, when people, uh, what I hear from like my suburbanite friends and the police is I got pulled over for BS reasons and they gave me a ticket. I'm sick of the cops. And it, maybe that's fine if you're in like a low crime, well-off suburb. But then when you start electing people who are like, yeah, we hate cops too and start gutting them, you get what's going on in Portland. You get what's going on in New York. You get rampant violent crime. You get what's going on in DC and Baltimore. And it's all getting worse. And then you know what these people who voted for it do? They leave. Mm-hmm. They leave and they come to your area and then say, okay, it's kind of nice here. Then they get mad at the way things are being run and then they vote and got it again. Well, Portland, Portland breaks my heart. And the idea, this dual system of justice where you observe for over 100 days, and I was in the administration during this, they were just burning stuff down, just breaking stuff down. And then back to our FBI story, I think there's a thread here. It's like the two things I didn't mention, which are on the FBI as well, is like the the whole Gretchen Whitmer thing where um, F10, they had more FBI informants trying to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer than they had a non-FBI informants. And, and what was the motivation behind that? They, you know, when they broke that story, Tim, I don't know if you remember, but it was in October, early October, right before the election. Yeah. And it was designed basically to tar Trump it was October with the right wing brush. It was an October surprise. And on the January 6th day, we still don't know just why we had FBI informants roaming near the Capitol, some of them on the grounds. That's still goes unexplained. But what I do know is that that violence um, that happened was was um, uh, it, it led to Trump's impeachment. So, I mean, something going Trump on sh- here. Trump should have uh, sent in the military during the 2020 riots. I thought day two. That's something I told Tim, actually. Day two of the riots. I was like, he's got to send in the National Guard. What's happening? Why is he not stopping this? I think I think for, for the, it's the insurrection. And he was afraid more he'd than be looked Guard. at as a fascist well, don't, if he Don't sent forget who was the um, Secretary of Defense at the time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, oh, yeah. It was the uh, Mark Esper, Mark Milley show. And those oh, guys yeah. um, turned out to be clowns. Um, just there, you know, one of the one of the tragedies of the first Trump term was all of uh, the people who didn't belong there in powerful positions. It's yeah, just, yeah. It, 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 I, I was, I, I, there is a part of me that's worried about people like Milley. You know, because I view them as deeply corrupt and insane individuals. But I also thought about it. I'm like, well, they're cowards, too. So I really have nothing to worry about. They they, they, they can't do anything. Well, here's why you should worry. They're killing their combat readiness. Okay? Well, that's true, though. To the extent that you uh, divert your attention and resources and organizational culture away from combat readiness um, and the development of the next generation of defensive weapons to protect us against Russia and China, and instead... <laughs> go down all the roads they've gone down um it's it's a very very damaging thing i mean the 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 military is in in deep deep trouble right now morale wise um combat ready wise readiness wise and everything in between and it's because of people like millie and and feckless defense secretaries like Esper. i mean to me it's like Esper, what the hell? Why did you keep the National Guard far enough away that they couldn't be quickly deployed when you damn well knew that there could be violence that day? Is it on purpose? Well, that's that's, that's these the working trying, theory. Trying to gut the United you know, my, States. One China? working theory is is that Pelosi uh, told the Capitol Hill police to go lightly, open the barricades under duress if you needed to. The FBI put put uh, agitators in there and Millie. Uh, and Esper kept the National Guard far enough away that they couldn't come to the rescue in time so that they could blame Trump for whatever happened. And, you know, they you know, did blame Trump for whatever happened, and those things happened. So put it all together. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is usually the right one. And um, Do you think Trump should have gotten rid of them earlier? Do you think he would should have removed them? There's um, there's an old uh, saying in in um, the the Reagan administration that personnel is policy, mm-hmm. right? Meaning that if you put the wrong people in, you're going to get the wrong policies reflective of your administration. The Taking Back Trump's America book takes that a step further. It's that bad personnel not only create bad policy but bad politics. Mm-hmm. And I go in the Taking Back Trump's America book. I go chapter and verse from the beginning where we the original sin of that administration was to get in bed with the rhinos and then we got like people like Tillerson at state, we got Mattis uh, at yep. defense, we had Gary Cohn, Goldman Sachs guy of all people leading the economic policy. Um, inside the White House. We lose Mike Flynn to the Russia hoax, Russiagate thing, and we wind up with the globalist H.R. McMaster. And, and which it was just, I mean, it's a cabinet of clowns, and it's just, it just really took its toll. And at the five, back five, end, yeah, go ahead. 529. Do you remember that? 
529. Yeah, right? the insurrection. 529? No, what's that? The insurrection on 529. When the far left tried storming the White House and set fire oh, to yeah. St. John's Church. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, the uh, 529 yes. insurrection. Yes, yes. Yeah, see, the issue is... <laughs> There's a subcommittee for that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe there should be. <laughs> maybe there should be. Yes. So I'm Donald, Donald yes. Trump yes. and uh, law enforcement stopped that insurrection when they set fire to a guard post. Yeah. When I think it was what, like 70? Was it 70 uh, federal uh, agents were injured? in the rioting yeah. and more, it was like hundreds total throughout yeah. several days to the, the smoke uh, all. Yeah. Th- well, no, the issue is that this is the way things work in the victim and uh, in, in victim in uh, fifth generational warfare. I'll put it that way. On 529, Trump stopped an insurrection. So who cares? On 1-6, no one stopped a quote unquote insurrection. So it's endless news. And instead of blaming law enforcement for their failure, they blame the individual's who went there. And I'm not talking about the people who are actually violent and rioting, by all means, you know, charge and, and, and arrest those people. I'm talking about the people who walked in confused and the barricades were open, the doors were open and didn't see violence and just were let in by cops taking selfies with people. They get blamed. If Donald Trump on 529 said to the police and law enforcement, stand down and back off. We don't want anyone getting hurt because we'll get blamed for it. Let those people tear the fences down at the White House. Trump would be president right now. The narrative would be that the far left has gone insane. They've crossed the line. They burned down buildings, but Trump stopped them. So there is no narrative about far left yeah. violence. Whenever the far left goes out of control, they, they punch people, they beat people. The media doesn't cover it. The only time there was ever a really big national story was when Andy No was brutally beaten in the street and they had no choice because the photos were horrific. Yeah. But you see, the right always tries to stop the left from going out of control. And then if the right ever, ever puts one toe over the line, the media screams screams at the top of their lungs. So that's that that's that's that it's that's that it's that simple. And, and I, I can only assume that Pelosi and the Democrats understand that. That when you there's a video of a guy, he's watching January 6th happen. People are going in the building and he's, he looks at the cops and he goes, stop them. Why aren't you doing anything? And the cops don't care. They just stand there. It makes you wonder. Not that I know for sure, but I tell you this, there were barely any cops there when there were hundreds of thousands of people that were that were down there in D.C., why did they let these people do this? There were some cops there trying to stop them that I get. But seriously, the seat of the federal government could not stop 800 people from walking through a building. Yeah. Is, is America that pathetic that the federal government had no ability? OK, if the federal government is that weak, that pathetic and that ineffective, this country is already doomed. 800 people showed up and we were helpless to stop them. That's the narrative of the, of the January 6th committee, that the federal government has become feckless, weak, pathetic, and ineffective. So my response is, okay, if they can't stop 800 people from walking through a building and they're carrying sticks, maybe we should strip them all of their funding because it's a big, fat waste of money. And then I don't know what we do, hire private companies to handle security in and around the district, I guess, because they certainly couldn't stop it. Amazing, huh? Yeah. Well, I remember after 529 too, everyone was like, Trump got shuttled to a bunker. He's such a coward. Like all the media was against us. And it's like, what are you talking about? We said all of Congress later, like a couple months later, and it made sense, right? They the laughed narrative, when Trump was... The narrative was that Trump was weak for going to the boy. bunker, which is just security protocol. But then we got all those sound bites from AOC telling us how terrified she was and someone banged on her door, which she wasn't made that true. Up. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone probably banged on her door, but the whole story. Not like them. in the context that she thinks it was, though. Or yeah, she lied. As. You know, AOC lied about what happened on, on January 6th. She fabricated a story 
claiming that I thought I was going to die because they made it to my office, even though her story happened an hour before the Capitol was breached. These people are sick, duplicitous. I would argue it is, it is the simpler solution that elements of the federal government told law enforcement to back off, as opposed to assuming the federal government is unable to stop 800 people. That's an, it, yeah, it's an insane it's notion. It's two wins and a loss for whoever told the military to stand down on January. I mean, I, so they, they were stood down, whether they were ordered to or not. I don't know, but they weren't there. They weren't stopping us because they didn't want the optics of a bunch of military breaking people's faces, getting into fights, opening fire maybe on the crowd, although Ashley Babbitt was open fire upon. Um, they, they also would have an opportunity then to claim like we were being attacked. We need more funding for defense, which is a big win. But the downside is if they actually betrayed us and didn't defend our capital, that's a big downside. That's a big problem. And the idea is I always, this is what I always see in the memes. This is what they have to do. They have to conflate anyone who opposes the democratic establishment and the uniparty with Trump, Michael Malice and, uh, he, he, he's a, uh, and Dave Smith, they're great examples of this. And it's a meme now that if you come out and say something about Biden, they respond by saying, oh, yeah, but Trump. And so you can literally be like, you know, Biden did a bad job here. And they're like, yeah, well, Trump did a bad job here. And you can go, yeah, OK, I don't care. I don't like Trump. And they still will treat you like you're a Trump supporter. Hunter Biden could have the bodies of children in his basement. But Trump did economy. You, did, did you see this Sam that? Harris thing? You know, Sam Harris, podcaster, Yeah, he said Hunter Biden could have the corpses of children in his basement and I would not care. Nothing on that laptop would have changed my mind. And then he says nothing there would be worse than Trump University. And that's how deranged, deranged these people are. That let's say the worst case scenario that Trump University, all that stuff is all true, that Trump had a fake university and defrauded people. Oh, heavens. Sure, would be bad. But then to ignore the fact that Hunter Biden is shown colluding with foreign interests, potentially involving his father, who's the president, assuming it, Sam Harris saying that's not worse. These people are deranged, literally. They are afflicted with something. They're out of their minds. I, I think it would be would have been better <laughs> if there was nothing about crack, nothing about sex whatsoever at all on the Hunter Biden laptop and allowed us just to focus on the real pornography which was the treason to this country i mean if you i mean i this that thing hit me so close to home because i spent four years in the white house trying to get manufacturing jobs back from china factories back from china and hunters going over there leveraging the power of daddy to get a billion dollars from the chinese to buy factories in michigan and ship them back over there that was the, that's the true obscenity. And to your point, Tim, I just, Sam Harris, I, I don't know who these people are, but I know the mindset. The mindset is that's the way they think. So that's the way they want everybody else to think. And that's, that's how they I, I use think, the media. They shape, they try to shape the narrative in a way which conforms with what they want. I think it's the other way around. I think they assume that's what other people think. Therefore, they're saying what they think they have to say. I think uh, it's it's an ends justify the means. Um, in the in the Taking Back Trump's America book, there's a whole section on the media, and the theme about it is daily control to dominate the news cycle. That's if you're in the White House, you understand that that that's your mission every day in the White House. If you're in the press corps, right, you want to dominate the news cycle in a way which makes your guy look favorable, right. And what we fought every day was a media willing to take 
whatever news there was and misinformationize it. You know, they put it in their blender, yep. right? And it, there might be like a, a story in, in neutral times, which would be the number one story. There might be the top three stories. And those wouldn't be the ones that we'd see every day. We'd see only the ones that would be able to either put Biden in a good light or Trump in a bad light or both. And to me, it's just it's just an ends justify the means departure from any kind of morality or ethics. Uh, simply to to get and and the funny part is, and it's it's tragic, is they got exactly what they wanted. They got I, Joe Biden, and he is destroying everything they they we don't, hold dear. But they don't everything care. we hold dear. They I guess they don't care. I they mean, don't. can so they not hold social victory above anything else? It's not about a good economy. It's not about having food. Yeah, it's the, not about health care. It's about saying I won. The they you're talking about, though, are the ones the that aren't hurt by this. Okay? No, 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 no. I'm the, talking the, about the regular voters. You think? There's so look, not every single person, obviously, but when when when. I looked at the people I know in my life who voted for, for, for Joe Biden. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they're staring at record gas prices. No remorse. No remorse. In, uh, remember remember, that, that remember what Bill Maher said? Who are these people? That's remember, what I keep asking. Remember what Bill Maher said? Yeah. If a recession stops Trump, bring on a recession. Yeah. Actually calling for pain and suffering of working class yes. people. And the best part is, right now at this student debt forgiveness thing, seeing these people on the left be like, we need to get student debt forgiveness. It's about the working class. And I'm like, bro, college degree holders are not the working class. They're yeah. the bourgeoisie. That's what Marx talked about. They're, they're the laptop class. These people are the highest <laughs> income earners in this country thinking they're the I'll oppressed minorities. <laughs> it's true, that. though. Yeah, I'll use that. The laptop they, class. Well, that's what it is. That's, that's what it is. That's exactly right. They, they think they're, they're deserving of all of this. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a guy who's making half the salary they get writing articles about Brad Pitt's junk, and he's actually doing something for society. You got working class people who build things, who clean things, who fix things. And then you got people who are like arts degree holders who are like, the government should pay off my, my debts. Yeah, okay, dude. It's not the government, though. It's it's me. They're asking yeah, the taxpayers yes, exactly. to do it. When they conflate the government is paying for it with the, uh, the taxpayers are paying for it, I get really annoyed with but that. But I, I had an idea. I had an idea. I don't think we can continue to function with people who... Look, I, I don't like the idea of people taking out loans and then being like, I'm not going to pay them back. But I also don't like the idea of how the interest rates have made it so that somebody takes out a $30,000 loan ends up paying back a hundred grand. That's insane. So here's my idea. How about we do this? We'll forgive your loans, but you got to do four hours per week of community service at your own discretion, signed off on by a nonprofit or a church. We, we, we credit you 50 bucks an hour for that community service. And so long as you're engaged in that once per week, your loans are frozen and can only go down. How does that sound? It sounds good. I still We're want fair. them to be able to. Uh, I think they want to. I want them to be able to make it easier to declare bankruptcy on student loans. I think That's a good fact, point too. I think the fact that we tell eighteen-year-olds the only way to succeed in this country is to get a degree that's worth an insane amount of money because we made it so you have to. That it's, that will cost you an insane right, amount. Right, right. Thank you. Worth. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth much. Chris Carr, please edit me live. Uh, <laughs> Return the, on investment tends to be negative. Yeah, exactly. It's, you're yeah. gonna have to pay an insane amount of money. The only way to do that is to go into debt. The second you're an adult, and then we're going to continue to charge that forever. And by the way, there's no way to get out of this unlike any other loan. Like, it's just an insane system. Why would you ever think this is a good idea? Except for the fact that you can trap people who are desperate to try and pursue this idea that college gives you an opportunity, which in this country at this point, it really does not.
It did until about 2006 when you could study online, maybe before that. I just think that the bachelor's degree is an oversaturated market. And so now we have to drive everyone to get their master's, which is farther in student debt, which you can't declare bankruptcy on and just goes on and on. It's the opposite. It's the opposite, actually. What happened is people who have degrees are too expensive and don't have real world experience. Man, I saw this when I was 18 and I kept telling my friends it's a trap, but they didn't believe me. Now they're all really angry that they can't pay off their debt. But it's this simple. If if Ian comes to me and he's like, I make music, I say, okay, okay, Ian, prove that you can make music. And he goes, here's a piece of paper signed off on by an expensive institution that says I learned how to make music. What am I supposed to do with that? Some homeless guy could walk up and be like, I make music. And I'll be like, prove it to me. And he'll go, oh, McDonald's had a farm. And I'll be like, well, he's singing. He's a good singer, too. can do it. That's more valuable to me than your certified piece of paper. Yeah. I mean, the joke is online that you get your bachelor's degree and then you apply for an entry-level job. And they're like, do you have five years of professional experience? <laughs> because it doesn't mean yes. anything. But, but think about the kind of person you'd have to be to walk into that trap. Trusting. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. That there's a lot of people who are going, this is why I'm like, we need to find a solution to this, but I certainly do not respect the entitlement of so many of these people. I'm, I'm not comfortable with charging taxpayers money to pay back Sally Mae for people's loans. I do not want to do that again. They did it in 2008. Obama paid back and bailed those companies out. I'm not, I do not want to bail them out again in the guise of a loan repayment. Uh, if they want to negate Sally Mae's books and say, hey, you, you're worth 580 billion less now. And no, these people are not giving you that 10 grand back each. That's another story. Whether or not a bankrupt Sally Mae, I don't know. Well, maybe that's not even the worst thing in the world. I'm sure they would say, oh, that would destroy the entire economy if you bankrupted Sally Mae. We can't allow that. We need to bankrupt you instead. I don't like it. What is your thoughts? I mean, you're an economist. What, what are your thoughts on this? If you're, uh, you're going to go to college these days, uh, you might want to think about STEM, STEM education, yeah. science, technology. It's it's the key to getting a decent job. Mm-hmm. Um, the the liberal arts, uh, you know, okay, liberal arts are the liberal arts. I majored in English. I am yes, okay with I, saying it's I, not yes, a key way to I, I got. I, I think what you want to do right now to educate yourself is download a survival guide, learn how to raise livestock. And some rudimentary, you know, engineering, because uh, even Mark Ruffalo in an interview about whether or not he's going to be the Hulk, he was like, well, the way things are going, hopefully I'm still around and there's a world that can, fun- you know, yeah. exist to do this. So even he's kind of thinking maybe this is all going to implode and the world's going to end. Yeah, I mean, the paradigm has shifted with the, with the access to online education. I remember back when I was at University of California, Irvine, teaching back in the 90s, I was actually one of the first pioneers of online education back then and the the, the, the people inside the university were totally again it because it it basically it just ups it gave direct access to students mm-hmm. in a cheap way and it threatened the whole tenure paradigm and things yeah. like that and so i think today there's a lot less need for the kind of four-year college thing that people do. I mean, yeah. just go, you can, there's so much you can learn online mm-hmm. uh, and be done with that. But, and I always felt bad that these people would take on these huge loans. I mean, it's in a lot of ways, it's a scam. And, you know, my professor elites, I mean, we had it pretty good, right? You, you know, you, you, you kick back and you don't pay as much attention to teaching as you should and things like that. Um, I'd see this among my colleagues. It's just, I mean, we're not, we didn't do, the academy did, has not done its duty 
to our young people and we get what we get and yeah it's 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 it, you know you folks i mean i'm talking i'm an, i'm an old guy i'm talking to a very young demographic here it's a very different world you're growing up in you know back back when i was your age uh, we had we had the dream. You know, we could get get the good job, the 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 picket fence, the house, the car, and this, that, and the other thing. And um, that's that's both not within reach for a lot of people, and really not their dream anymore, which is interesting in and of itself. I went to an antique store. They had an old radio. It was very very big. It was like three and a half feet tall. Yeah. Two feet wide, and the knobs on it were like tiny. And there was a wheel that would click, you know, to like you're spinning through the frequencies or whatever. And the funny thing is I thought about it, I'm like, when this thing was sold, the guy who sold it, that was all he did. He worked quite literally at a radio store and he fed a family of four. Yeah. He had two cars yeah. and he, he went on vacations and all he did was sell radios to people. Yeah. Now that's crazy, huh? Yeah. Today, both parents are working full time and neither can afford anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Um and look, uh, the the concern I have as an economist and as somebody who is concerned about the prosperity of this country is whatever our educational system is today, it's simply not delivering competitive individuals in a global marketplace. I mean, it's just not. No, it's not. It's just not. And um, we we spend more on education, I think, than any country in the world, and we, we get less... <laughs> But would you say that our education is overpriced? I mean, I think oh, there no, are no question so many things no, that no we could do to it. cut down no on it if we really it. wanted to gra have everyone graduate I, from college. I think, I think the only reason why they do the four-year thing is because there's a football season or something like that. I mean, yeah, you know, and because just, the first two years they, you spend doing you general don't, credits. They don't need to, it's, we, they, they, there needs to be the total revolution in education um, and put, put the hands of learning in the hands of people. But... Uh, well, you know, let, I, let, let's 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 talk about that. So, yeah. so you know, you're talking about the power of the internet, yeah. people's ability to speak. But I'm going to jump to the story as kind of a, a hard segue. Postmillennial reports Truth Social banned from Google App Store over content moderation. A Google spokes, spokesperson told uh, said that Truth Social lacks content moderation needed to meet Google Play's terms of service. According to the Hill, the spokesperson said that Truth lacks. Okay, so they they read that twice. This comes after Truth Social CEO Devin Nunes claimed last week that the Android version of the, uh, of the platform's app is ready, waiting only on Google's approval. On August 19th, we notified Truth Social of several violations of standard policies in their current app submission and reiterated that having effective systems for moderating user-generated content is a condition of our terms for any app to go live on Google Play. Google is reportedly particularly concerned about violations of its policies, prohibiting content with physical threats and incitement to violence. So this is a really interesting story because... It's just the next link in the chain of censorship. And if we're talking about people's ability to learn because of the internet, yeah, they're clearly you, trying you, to stop that. You, well, but the, the, the thing I thought you were going towards is um, if we're going to have a curriculum on the internet and they can control what's in that curriculum, then that's just one more step towards that uh, globalist woke nirvana they seem to we wanted dragging this entire country down so so there is that trap yeah you know, that, that, that was a tough one um whoever whoever is going to be the next secretary of the department of education uh needs a vision somewhere somewhere along the line but yeah, this bigger issue of the the social media conglomerates you know i get back to the fbi working hand in hand with twitter 
um, Facebook. And by the way, there's a there's a there's a there's a fascinating, funny, tragic story in the Taking Back Trump's America book as to how Twitter and Facebook wound up being so aggressive against Trump in 2020. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, after uh, Trump won the election in 2016. Uh, Brad Parscale, who was at that point during the 2016 campaign, the, the social media director, he became the campaign manager in 2020. He goes on 60 Minutes, and in the big reveal, um, he, as he's claiming victory for the Trump victory through his manipulation of social media, he reveals that Twitter and Facebook had employees inside the Trump campaign actively trying to help the Trump campaign message. Right. And as soon as that news hit, all hell broke loose across this country and particularly in Silicon Valley. And it was at that point where the Dor Jack Dorsey at Twitter, Zuckerberg of Facebook, Pichai at, at Google said <laughs> not in 2020. And and they just they it's very clear now in hindsight that social media did everything they could to skew that election in favor of Biden and against Trump. And hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's a really powerful thing. And now, I mean, this is just. I this, mean, is, this, this, is, this is part of why. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw it to Andrew Breitbart again. Poli he, I'm, I'm, I think he's the one who said politics is downstream from culture. And then you look at the, the so, uh, social media censorship. A large component of that is inhibiting the ability of a culture to form and develop, banning Alex Jones, banning, banning Milo Yiannopoulos and people like Laura Loomer because they were influential, because they were having an impact on culture, so they had to be erased. Truth Social. This is a really good example. I was saying for a long time that Trump should have gotten off of Twitter, launched his own platform, or used Minds or Gab or something like that, and he didn't do it until recently with the launch of Truth Social. But this is actually a good example of probably why he didn't. They just banned the entire app outright. Yeah. They didn't just ban one person. Yeah. Google said we will ban every single person all at once because they want to control what yeah. is allowed to be said. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to limit the, in, the appearance of Trump's influence in culture. They don't want him to be able to influence culture, I would say, especially heading into midterms. Yep. Um, well, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a big Getter fan. I call Getter the Twitter killer. And one of the things that's been really interesting about getting on Getter, it has all the functionality of Twitter with a, with a lot more elegance and live stream capabilities. But what I'll do is I'll post identical content on Twitter and on Getter and then watch what happens. And what you see is the shadow banning that Twitter does. Mm -hmm. you, you can have the, exactly the same amount of followers on both platforms, and you get much more social engagement on Getter because of the algorithms that lay deep inside the Twitter autocracy. And you would never 
you would never be able to detect that unless you had Getter doing the same content. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of scary, right? And it's been interesting. A couple of times I've I've, I've tweeted on, on Twitter about like, okay, about this. And you've been, I guess the twit sensors are active shadow banning. And for like a little time after that, things got a little better. But it's scary that that's the way it works. And remember, Tim, it's like when Zuckerberg's talking about how he uh, was able to suppress information about the Hunter Biden laptop. It was like he was explaining he did it through algorithms, which would suppress the information from coming up to the top layers. So they, they know how to do this. And they, that's like the, the, the evil genius of these people. They, they really know. I mean, it, it's, this is Goebbels. Um, in the 21st century here. They, they're really good at the, what they do, and the way, that's scary. The way it was explained to me is that they want to make sure people who support Trump are still active because when you censor people, it causes splashes. They don't want people to go to Getter or Truth Social or whatever. They want them to stay where they are, and they're worried that if they make too big of moves, it will cause a ruckus. But they also want to censor just enough yeah. To make it at a dis- to, to put it at, uh, put it at a disadvantage. So the left wins. So it's basically like you got two people running a race. One person's pretty fast. One person's kind of slow. So what do you do? You crack one person in the foot and then they can't race as well. But they're yeah. still there. They're still running, but they just can't make it. Yeah. That's kind of the idea with how they're handling censorship. They don't mind certain channels that exist so long as the more influential ones get hobbled. I think that's right. Yeah, I think, so too. I think that's right. Did you always you use Getter as your alternative platform? Um, interesting. Um, Getter, um, I think it launched July uh, over a year ago, and what what you saw was was the collapse of traffic of Twitter Twitter stock. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. which is really if you look at, I mean, Twitter's in many ways a dying company. It's like for Elon Musk to go in. And buy it. It's like there were people on my side of the fence who thought that was a good idea. And oh, we're going to liberate Twitter. But in fact, Twitter was dying. Okay, it's like because because other platforms were coming on that that really did it its job better without the censorship. Um, so yeah, I don't know how that how that game will play out. But um, it's so the the other thing that that that's so embedded now. Um, if you go to like a newspaper article in the mainstream media, right, and you want to do something with it, Facebook and Twitter, Facebook and Twitter have the monopoly on that. So, so that builds. So, I mean, I think we need to build an all um, an alternative information infrastructure that we can use uh, freely without censorship. But boy, is that a lot of work. Yeah, we're building that now, actually. Well, we're building a lot of stuff. I think, oh, man, it's a depressing, monumental task, what it feels like right now, because you can't break up Facebook. Break up Facebook, you're going to have Facebook Messenger, Facebook Prime, Instagram. You're going to have all these separate companies. Zuckerberg's going to still own them all. He's still going to have all the code, and the monopoly is still going to be there. So I think the only way to do it, or at least the best way to do it, is to make them free their software code. You force them to open up their algorithms so that other people can not only watch 
what they're shadow banning, if they're shadow banning it, what they're tweaking, if they're tweaking, but that you can actually take it and spin up your own version of the website that interoperates with their site. So like if I'm on Facebook, I can see people that have your version of it. If I'm on your version of it, I can see people on Facebook, but there's like, now there's competition, but it becomes less competition of code, more competition of terms of service. So what system has the best terms of service? Which one's screwing you over the least? And people will <laughs> migrate there. I mean, one, one good thing about the, the Musk thing is with this lawsuit is that he may have subpoena power or, or deposition power to get to the truth about yep. what they actually do. And that'll be, that'll be fascinating. Whether okay. he buys the platform or not. Yes. Now in this suit, discovery is a possibility. Yes. Yes. Oh, they're not going to like that. No, they're not going to like that at all because <laughs> they got stuff to hide. Yeah, he's, he's, and he's, he's subpoenaed Jack Dorsey. He subpoenaed this whistleblower. I mean, a whistleblower came out. So even if he doesn't win, well, actually, him winning means him not buying Twitter. So I would hope he loses. You and know, has to buy it? Yeah. You want him to buy it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just assume see... Uh, See his roadkill on the the getter and true social superhighway. Yeah, I th I think Elon Musk taking over would be a good thing though. But uh, well, let me let at me the very least what's coming that, out because I've I've had this debate um, with a couple of pro Musk folks. Here's what bothers me about Elon Musk, and it's 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 a death blow. That sob took all his money and went over to communist China, and he's building. Factories. Tesla's. Yep. And his Praising entire them. future is dependent on one whim of Xi Jinping. Okay? So he's got to kiss China's butt every single day of the week. And he and does. He, and he does. And as long as he's doing that, that's not good for America. And by the way, that's why he's not as warm to Trump. Okay? He, he doesn't love Trump because... Yeah. Because Trump is the one guy, he, he wants to find these, these, some Republican he can he can embrace that won't shut his Tesla companies down. These wealthy China, the wealthy elites are hedging their bets with China. That's what they've been doing. Yeah, they've been buying money, putting property there, but it's all basically saying swearing fealty to Xi Jinping. Yes, gotta, because at any moment he could take those factories from yes. you, snap his fingers. I got to talk to you about repositioning the United States as the top industrial power on Earth. There's, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we can recapture carbon from the atmosphere. Um, we're going to start mining the carbon dioxide out of the air and the methane out of the air, turning it into carbon dioxide, depositing it onto different metals, palladium, gold, copper, or use it, putting it through other chemicals to turn it into graphene, which is pure carbon, hexagonally latticed, uh, like a honeycomb lattice, single layer of carbon, pure carbon. And it's got, it's conductive, like more conductive than copper. It's stronger than steel. You can make touchscreen wallpaper out of it. You can make clothing out of it. Um, it's going to be the 21st century building material. And if we start this mining operation now in the United States, we'll be able to say, hey, because what's going to happen is people are going to start mining it and they're going to start mining too much. If we're not careful, they'll start competing with the trees and they'll start killing off the trees because we've taken all the carbon dioxide too much out. So we need to work with the globe to figure out how much carbon we're supposed to be putting out and taking back. But I think it could be a um, you know multi-trillion dollar industry at the very least. I don't even think it has to be about money at this point because it's really about the sustainability and survival of our species. But I think the United States is the place to build it. Well, I don't we, know. We China. talked we talked offline before the show about the insanity of trying to solve uh, the carbon issue on the demand side, because no matter how much we save here in the U.S., uh, China and India is going to do more. But it's not. It's, it's not it's just. It's, go ahead. It's not just that. Yeah. 
there's a uh, there's a mathematical equation that tracks this. If you start to uh, let's say we replace energy uh, consumption, we replace our energy sources with nuclear. We start setting up these nuclear power plants. Then you will have people buying carbon-based, you know, fossil fuels for other purposes. Basically, with cheap energy availability, people mm-hmm. still want to grow and expand and use more energy. So if you were to replace the entire U.S. grid with, with nuclear power, that's great. We would reduce our carbon footprint, and then everyone would be like, awesome, now the energy is so cheap, I can buy more gas to do these things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so I'm with you on the, the, what we should have been doing for a long time now and haven't been is working on carbon capture, ways to do that. that that's really the only sensible kind of thing. And I go back to my, my first job in government um, in the 70s in, in the uh, uh, Department of Energy, a summer intern, right? And I was like trying to figure out how to reduce our oil import dependence on the Middle East because it was causing wars and embargoes and poverty and all that kind of stuff like that. Never, ever did I imagine in the 1970s could this country ever become energy independent. But we did that during the Trump administration because of a change in technology, fracking. And so this is how I think we're going to get out of the the climate change box, if you believe we're in one. It's that carbon capture has to be the only sensible way to do that. Otherwise, you're going to force Americans to save, you know, every family saves a pound of carbon. And meanwhile, the Chinese create two, two pounds for every pound we save. And they wind, gold, up, they wind up being the leaders of the world uh, and the prosperous country. And we can't, we can't have that for a lot of reasons. I want to jump to this next story from the Daily Mail. Mississippi's largest city runs out of water indefinitely. Over 180,000 people are left without drinking water and can't flush their toilets or take showers. What? After floods made Jackson's water treatment plant fail. Jackson, Mississippi ran out of water indefinitely, leaving more than 180,000 residents without water. Governor Tate Reeves announced on Monday the city's failing water system was completely down due to years of poor infrastructure. Mayor Chalkwee Antar Lamumba said the recent Mississippi floods strained the city's water plan, water plan. So I, I just want to tell you this, you know, when I tell people the education you're going to need right now is how to survive. I hope the people of Jackson know how to pull water from the air. Solar powered water condensation. Uh, well, I mean, you don't really need to do that. You can just put a piece of plastic at an angle mm-hmm. and then bend the bottom. You so it's humidity out of the air or you can dig yeah. tunnels underground where the wind goes underground and then condenses and then creates like a puddle of water underground. Yeah, I mean, sucked. like the basic thing is you dig a hole, you put a cup in it, you put plastic wrap and then mm. the, the condensation trickles down. But they have these big things you can buy. They're just they're just plastic sheets that go, roll down into tubes. You put it up, and in the morning, all of the humidity condenses and then goes down. You get some water. But uh, anyway, look, I don't think that's going to be practical for a city of 180,000 people. But when you see stuff like this, this should be a cold splash of water in the face. That, uh, yo, we don't live in, in Elysium. We don't live in a world of infinite resources. We live in a bubble protected by people with guns and machines that secure resources easily for us. The reality of the world at any moment this could be gone. And I've talked about this because I remember like 10 years ago in Ohio, I don't remember how long, ago, how long ago it was, there was an algal bloom and all of the water became toxic because of the algae and there was no water for 40 miles. 
What was that? I can't remember what city it was. Was it Cincinnati or something? I think so. I don't know. And so people were driving out buying bottled water and then it was all disappearing. There was nothing because you couldn't get your, your water source went dirty. There, you know, I, I see so many people who just live assuming everything's always going to be fine. There's always water. There's always food. I got nothing to worry about. Then one day there's going to be a flood. They're going to have no water, no food, and they're going to scream, save me. And no one's going to be there to hear it. That's the reality of what's going on right now, man. And by the way, how much was it that we just sent to Ukraine? Oh, they're trying to do and, a and billion how, in Taiwan how, how now. How much, how much <laughs> could that have been used to do the infrastructure in, uh, in Jackson for a little water? A little desalination. Yeah. I mean, if we, I, I, like, I don't know if you remember Flint, Flint, Michigan, when, when they lost their water source. It, it took years, That's years, funny. years for hey. that thing to recover. And it, it left a lot of... A lot of kids damaged. It took months to get billions to Ukraine, you know. So that that's good news, I guess. <laughs> we can snap our fingers yeah. and send money to a foreign country yeah. that's not us. Put our troops on their border, pull our border patrol, and send them to Poland. But uh, fix pipes in Flint? Mm, I don't know about that. It's it's frightening how, particularly in this this age we're in in the Biden stagflation economy, how many people in this country live paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it's. It, it it with a turn a quick turn of the screw here um there's going to be even more pain that we're already suffering i mean there's a lot of people now who can't pay their mortgages who can't pay their rent um and that message i somehow you don't read much about that in new york times or see it on cnn or something i wonder why I'm really concerned with the student loan stuff because of this. Because like, if someone's struggling to pay their mortgage, and then they find out that they got ten thousand yeah. dollars siphoned away from them to pay yeah. for some college yeah. guy, that there's going to be a class hatred, just like Soviet Union. Man, I do not like where this yeah. that is. mortgage mortgage strike, like in China. Yeah. When was that? Yeah, right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that stuff can spread like. Uh, as they say in China, prairie fire. It, that scares the hell out of the uh, Chinese Communist Party when people start resisting like that. Yep. But so. you need more, I suppose. And they suppress the information there. But uh, yeah, China's on the verge of collapse. I don't know, man. I kind of think that uh, people aren't really paying attention to the supply crisis that's been, that's been happening here in the U.S. So I'm not surprised to see a story about a city running out of water. So we we're having construction done on the new headquarters, and it's been stalled. It's been a year now. I'm glad you raised that because the last time I was here was about a year. We talked about okay, this is going to be really cool going to your new studio and this and the other thing. And it's like Brian gets me in the car. It's like where are we going? Oh, same old place. What's going yep. on? Uh, it's hard to get materials. Nobody's yeah, working. That's right. My, I, my joke is the rapture side. happened. It's <laughs> the, the only way to explain it. Airlines are shutting down. There's yeah. no employees. Yeah. I when went you to go a, out. There are fewer people. There are fewer people everywhere. I went to a diner at Saturday at noon, and they were like, "We're closed due to short staff." I'm like, "Where are the people at? How do how are like people got to eat? Right? People got to pay rent. What's going on? Yeah. Where are they?" So jokingly, I'm like, "They must have they must have gotten raptured, and we just don't know or something." But they're gone, and so uh, we're trying to get this building put up. And they put they it, it, they're a year behind. A year behind. It we're 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 a year behind. What, what's your finished date now? With, with oh, there's none. It's there stalled none. now. It's dead. It's the project stalled, and this is and it's because they're like the materials are unavailable. Yeah. People people don't see this stuff because, you know, look, 
Most people aren't dealing with ordering steel, for instance, or putting up a building. Yeah. So they don't see that behind yeah. the scenes, the core materials that we need. Yeah. Did you know that one of the largest aluminum plants in this country shut down? Did you, you remember that story, Hannah? Yeah, Claire? I do remember that. Was it 20% of U.S. aluminum production? Wow. They what? said they couldn't afford the electricity anymore. So, and I'm like, we're saving our aluminum cans. And, you think, the, you think and I'm the joking. reason and why they can't afford the electricity anymore is, Joe is Biden. because the price of aluminum has been driven down by subsidized Chinese aluminum. That's like one of the things that I fought in the White House. You know, we put in place uh, steel and aluminum tariffs to provide a defense against that kind of stuff. And... Sure so here's what, here's what we do. We take the we take our cans yeah. and we we're smelting them down to ingots. We have aluminum. <laughs> yeah, this is why actually I, so I don't know I, someone's <laughs> apparently done that. Like I found a yeah, box with with yeah, aluminum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are saving the cans, yeah, probably yeah. to recycle or something. But uh, somebody actually it might be Chris. It's our, Chris. He's he's melting them down in ingots. Yeah. I, I mean we you know it hey, breaks my go. heart. I, you, they, I, look, I know there's a supply chain crisis, but it's actually ground to a halt. Your new. Studios, so uh, get it was supposed to be done last year, yeah. like a year ago. Yeah. And then they were like, we're, it's delayed. We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. And then finally in the spring, they're like, we're going to lay the concrete. Then they were like, as now that the concrete foundation's up, we should be able to get the steel and get the building done. Now it's August. The uh, 80% of the framing is done. And they stopped and left. And they were like, we don't have the supplies. So now it's just sitting there stalled again. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely insane. And I'm hearing this for ton- from tons of people saying that there's a, there's a bunch of materials they're unable to get right now, and they have to wait. Let me refer you to carbon dioxide and the graphene that we could make out of it. This I know I'm not like focused on the step right in front of me. I'm kind of focused on the next third step, fifth and seventh after that. But I'm like down to work with anybody in the in the government. I don't know if the government's the right place to go with this. I imagine American industry, but it was always like Carnegie was a private sector guy. He didn't build this. The Americans didn't build the steel industry. Well, an American did Carnegie. What's it? William yeah. Carnegie is that his name? Um, what do you think? Should I, should I? So, let, let, I mean, let's, let's, uh, let's take it to the reality again, what I did in the Trump administration. I think everything you're saying underscores the need to produce domestically. Okay. And yep. It's not just to have the steel factories here themselves, but to have the supply chains that go with it. And we got hooked starting back. 1960s on these these globalized supply chains because it was cheaper was yeah incentive? yeah that's the idea and, and no one ever factored in the appropriate uh, geopolitical risk mm. of being being dependent on a china or a russia for energy or whatever okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it was all about um, also cheap labor. So that's why everything got out there. And I, you know, I spent four years in the White House trying to do the Buy American thing, trying to make sure. I mean, you take like one of the one of the the achievements I think we had was I did a Buy American executive order um, on, on essential pharmaceuticals. OK, and there's there's three there's three components to that. You've got the, the finished 
dosage product itself, right? And then you got the intermediate chemicals you need to make it, and then you got raw materials. And the problem we have is that those first two stages are completely almost all offshore, mm -hmm. okay? As well as a, a good part of the finished dosage stuff. So bringing that back um, very difficult. And the biggest, biggest uh, two forces I had to fight were the big pharma folks. You know, they'd come in their friggin' Gucci shoes and in, into the uh, old uh, Eisenhower executive building. We'd sit around a table and say, hey, we got to do this. Like, this was like early pandemic. It's like, we, we can't. We can't be dependent on these people. And they say, no, 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 impossible to do. Da, 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 da. They, they would fight it. But then the FDA would fight it as well because the FDA is the servant of big pharma. Like those folks go through revolving doors, they get jobs there, they got stocks, this, that, and the other thing. But the point is that if we source our production as well as our supply chains – then we won't be having the problems we're having. And, and it, there's no reason on God's good earth why we should be short on aluminum and steel. I mean, we got everything we need. In Minnesota. Where do people Northern, at? Yeah, well. The rapture happened. Well, well no explanation. The, the people, it, that's an interesting kind of issue in it of itself because, um, you know, there's there's topics we probably don't want to go here, but it's like there's reasons why people are out of the workforce, who who got pushed out of the workforce, and um, this is a a political tragedy. It's not an economic tragedy. It starts with your downstream politics here. Uh, you know, politics maybe are downstream to economics. Well, what yeah. you're saying about the medical production or biomedical production, I mean, the Biden administration just signed this $11 million deal to bring the, is it the last step of manufacturing the monkeypox vaccine to the U.S. from a Danish manufacturer. They're manufacturing, I believe, in Michigan. So in some ways, they are doing what you're saying, just only when forced to in complete crisis. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, there's, there's, there's about 400 essential medicines that, that we need in our, in our cabinet. And, um, you know, I'm certainly, okay, great. You got the monkeypox done. But, but what have you done lately for, for all of the um, advanced pharmaceutical ingredients, the API and the, and the raw materials you need for insulin, for example, or yeah. whatever, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm just telling you that, that for a lot of reasons, that stuff's the, the, the most basic stuff's in India and China because they don't have any environmental rules, mm -hmm. and that's kind of nasty, yep. nasty to do. And I, I was able to, there's a company called Flow, it's P H L O W. I was able to get, get uh, some, some grant money for them, um, and they had a process where they did all three stages under one building. So you were able to get economies of scale and scope across that. And those are the kinds of things. I mean, we've never, we can't compete as a manufacturing country worker for worker. What we have to do is we got we to gotta produce 
um, more efficiently by having the, the best and smartest machines wedded to the best and smartest labor. And that's what our focus is. All right, we're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at about 11 p.m., so you don't want to miss that. Plus, check out the new Cast Castle episode. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the special guest, and she is the MTG Slayer. It's really funny. You want to check it out? All right, let's read. What do we got here? All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, well done. Fake Woke is moving up them charts. You see, isn't that amazing? Fake woke number three, and that's Tom McDonald. If, 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 I think you'd need like 50,000 people. If they bought fake woke, I think he'd be like Billboard Hot 100 or something. Is, it, is, it, is, that, is that impossible to do, 50,000 people, just to spend a buck to help support, you know, culture and stuff like that? It's possible. And that's 50, that, that would end up being probably like 35, 40 grand in Tom McDonald's pocket too. That's the crazy thing. It's like if everybody pitched in a dollar, imagine what you could accomplish. Like people would just own the culture. Well, you always say like, stop giving money to people who hate you. And I think people think about it when they're buying products or shopping at restaurants, but like shopping or eating out. But when you are buying music or streaming music, you are doing the exact same thing. You have the ability to influence. Well, it's it's also, you know, look, Jeremy Boring, uh, Daily Wire said, stop giving money to people who hate you. Give it to me instead. I'll just put it this way. Start giving money to people you like. Yeah. Or to people who are making things you like. Yeah. You know, uh, whoever that may be. All right. Smokey Joe says, never underestimate establishment GOP's ability to waste opportunity. If they eke out their win, it won't be celebration, but an enormous wash of relief. Oof. False God Dark Soul says, pop culture crisis is greater than IRL. Uh, Well, uh, well, actually, (laughs) pop culture crisis. um, We had a day today. It was very wild. $1,300, something like that, in Super Chats. Yeah, we had 13 crisis parties. The crisis party meter goes off every time we reach $100 in Super Chats. Uh, Someone actually super chatted that in, and our response was, we'll say it to Tim on IRL tonight. So we're glad to have you here. There you go. Uh, But yeah, Uh, you guys should check that out at 3 o'clock. Right now, in Super Chats, pop culture crisis for the day is, oh, sorry, no, no, that's it. Someone super chat us right now, and now we're officially beating pop culture crisis. It was a nice try, Brett (laughs) and Mary. But you guys don't have the lights and the money guns. Like, it's a different experience here. Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar, Pop Culture Crisis is a pop culture show that we launched, and it's more fun, pop culture, not political. And then whenever $100 in Super Chats comes in, money guns start firing guns into the air, and the lights go off. Anytime you Super Chat, the money guns go off. But when it's 100, we get like... A lot of You have to try and talk through while like these lights are flashing their air horns, and you're like, I'm making an interesting point, I swear. burning, man. Ian said the money got in his coffee. Yeah, one time. Yeah, that happened to me too. (laughs) There you go. You get to keep it. I like pick up my coffee and like hold it when they're going off. (laughs) Gotta protect it. All right. Rye Lyon says, chat last night said, tired of diversity, inclusivity, and equity training at uh, at job. I was too. Made policies discriminate against whites and men. Found new job and filed complaint. You can too. I'll just say this, ladies and gentlemen. If you work for a company and they make you watch a video that discriminates on the basis of race, complain and file file a complaint and see see how fast they change their policies. See, this is the issue. I don't care about the race of the individual. You can't discriminate on the basis of race. These dye trainings are, are coming out and being like white privilege or whatever. Okay, well, that's still against the law. You need only be like, hey, they were saying a bunch of racist things in that video. And then they're going to be like, uh, what? Here, here's what I say. You file a complaint and you say, my boss made us watch a racist video. What were they saying in that video? I refuse to repeat the racist things they said. You're not going to make me say it. You like, that's it. They made us watch a video where a bunch of racist things were happening, where people were saying racist things to people, where people were encouraging racism. 
And then it's like, what specifically was it? You're not going to get me to repeat the racisms. Sorry. But they'll they'll fold. Not everybody. You know, I've talked about this before. Some companies will be like, screw you because they're in a cult. You know what I mean? Some people might panic and be like, oh, no, we're going to get sued if we do this again. All right. George M says, loved loved your no BS attitude, Mr. Navarro. Bit of a fan. I have worked in manufacturing my whole life and now own my own automation business. How could we talk about rapid made in America resurgence strategy? Yeah, that's it. That's that's a hits the nail on the head. These are the kind of advanced manufacturing techniques that uh, we could have been nurturing. There was a, a key point um, during the pandemic when <clears throat> we were trying to uh, work with the Democrats on uh, a, a stimulus bill, which at the time was, was, was appropriate given the mess we were in. And the battle was really over how you'd spend the money and in, in the Trump side of the fence, uh, what we wanted to do was was use a bunch of that money uh, to onshore manufacturing and build manufacturing under the assumption that if you were going to stimulate the economy and create rising real wages and prosperity, the best way to do that would be to have jobs here. And part of the money that would have been spent would be on these advanced manufacturing techniques so you could stay ahead of the sweatshops and yeah. pollution havens of Asia. So good for uh, Super Chat Man there. All right. Alex Alcala says, Rapture probably did happen. I don't see Seamus anymore. Is that what that yeah. was? That was. I, went yeah. out, I went out one day and I saw a naked Seamus being pulled up into the sky <laughs> through a sunbeam. And I, I just, I, I assumed he was going to the store yeah, or something. I just thought he was flying. Yeah. I just thought That's he was flying. how he gets around. <laughs> yeah. He's, I thought it was normal. Jetpack or something. Haven't seen him since. Yeah. He's gone. That makes sense. That does sense. Yeah. And also, he didn't put out a cartoon for a while. Gosh. Must say, That's just because that, that, he's lazy. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm just kidding, Seamus. <laughs> oh, he's sitting, gonna, he's he's sitting in a lounge chair right now in like later. a bathrobe and he's like curling his fingers like, oh, <laughs> He always Ooh, used to steal my desk when he was here. I would say good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden Giroux says, longtime listener, first time super chatter, wanted to say that Only Ever Wanted is my favorite new song of 2022. Can't wait to see what else you guys release. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I think the next song is like in one month. Our plan is going to, is going to, so we got to figure it out because there's only so much we can do, but we might be putting out like a piano, light, soft, you know, version of it. We'll see violin or something because, uh, uh, and then I think for a month from then, the next song, uh, the the next official song is we, we, we want to get out a new song every four weeks indefinitely, a new song every single month forever moving forward, literally forever. Uh, be it from me or, you know, anybody else that we end up signing and things like that. But it means we, we need to expand the operation. It means we need to generate revenue from the operation. And we're working with some uh, some some rad dudes. We'll see. You know, I don't want to say too much, but uh, there's a lot of interest. I'll, I'll put it this way. After the success of this song we put out, the interest is through the roof. And we've got people reaching out to us. They want to work with us and expand the operation because, uh, yeah, a lot of views, a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, hits to that song, Only Ever Wanted. Click the link below if you don't, if you want to buy it appreciate the support. But because of all your support, now we've got people who are like, dude, let's let's make more. Let's work together. And we've got some interest that's going to help kick things up to the next level. Waffle Sensei says, Ian is out here doing the Lord's work, trying to spread the word about graphene and save the world. And my guy Tim here dressed in black block trying to shut him up. Shaking my head. <laughs> Without resistance, you will fail. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs a little conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, save the Ian, save the world. 
David Back says, never change, Ian, never change. <laughs> That's an inevitable change. All right, we'll grab some more Super Chats. Stan says, Biden planning a Thursday primetime live message. Think he will announce or address any Trump charges? No, but is Lauren in town then? We should, we should, we should hit up Lauren Southern and tell her she has to be in town to do another Biden speech night drunk party. That'd be so party. funny. That was hilarious the last time. Have you time. heard about this? No, no, no. What happened? We, uh, the, the last time uh, Biden did it, you say to the union, I think we had a drinking party and like, then we had, we played, played bingo. bingo. Yeah. Every time Biden would do a predictable thing, you'd mark it off and then see who won. Yeah. Did you watch that? His state of state of the union. It was like a campaign speech. They called it a state of the union, but he just talked about what he was going to do. I, I rarely watch things in real time. I'm an asynchronous kind of guy. So I'll, I'll catch that stuff later. And I, I just, I have I have a really difficult time even watching Joe Biden. I remember yeah. during the campaign, uh, it was very clear to me, and I said this repeatedly publicly, that this man was was mentally diminished, that he would not serve out his full term, and that we were going to hand over the country to somebody who was both incompetent and corrupt. And, I mean, he, as old as he looked and acted on Inauguration Day, I mean, that man is he, he's approaching ghoul-like ghost-like uh i mean it's just uh, it's just weird i mean he's he's aging faster than any than they can person. prevent him from yeah. aging. i mean it's yeah. just scary and yeah we'll like, see, man yeah i mean we might wind up with kamala as president god uh, help us uh you get what you ask for all right aiden says rip mikhail gorbachev mm. that's okay. right he died he was the uh the worst leader in soviet history Yes, yes, the one that oversaw the demise of the Soviet Union. But by our, in our, from our perspective, the best. He's the great, best. Yeah. He was great. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Apparently, he was really upset that Putin was destroying his legacy. That's what I saw in a report. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. W. Falcon says, hey, Tim, when are we going to get the Shane Cashman? Your honesty is appreciated, but your reality is disgusting. Coffee mug. Oh, is that one of his quotes? That's fantastic. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, we should make that now. Well, you know, we, we need to expand a lot. So we, we really need to just grow, hire more people, but there's only so many people we can hire because we're kind of at our limit. And uh, so we need more people to sign up and watch Inverted World, more people to watch Cast Castle. And we're offering these things, trying to get more and more people. And we're spending a lot of money in marketing. And it is what it is. It's, it's slow growth. But pop culture crisis is starting to take off. Getting a lot of new subscribers every day. 1,300 in Super Chats in one day. I failed to mention that Brett and I have uh, a wager where if yes. we get 15 super chat or crisis parties in one episode he'll bleach his hair no mary yes. will bleach it for him mary is his co-host who's got gorgeous Whoa. blonde hair uh just in case you guys needed a uh, reason to tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m i definitely think you should go check out pop culture crisis i think you're on tomorrow right? his hair. yeah, yeah. he right. at first said 10 oh well, i said 10 crisis parties and he said no 15 which i thought was reasonable it's gonna happen him. Yeah, of course. Well, as we got closer today, we like, like su- uh, we like suddenly uh, hit ten, and we could see Brett eyes like shifting his chair, and then we hit thirteen, and he was like, "Okay, so let's do outros. <laughs> let's wrap the show. Up. Let's get out of here. Brett. It's gonna be like fourteen ninety nine. He's gonna go. Show's over. Click. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone's going to send in the dollar before the show can get 30 seconds. But I have to watch the first Fast and the Furious because we hit 10 uh, crisis. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Which I've never seen and I'm opposed to generally. Why? Why are there 10 Fast and the Furious movies? <laughs> don't you think that's no, too pretty, many? Aren't there 11? Is it working on their 10th? I don't know. <laughs> so well, it's F9 plus Hobbs and Shaw, I guess. 
No, Don't the FF the, the the FFCU is the is the greatest cinematic universe oh in. It, you you know. should come on Pop Culture Crisis and debate. Oh, me dude, on this. Uh, I okay. oppose this. I just in the don't latest like in the latest Fast and the Furious, they went to outer space. Oh my god, that's gosh. stupid. That was amazing. <laughs> no, what I, I think want this to happen. Is too what, many. I, what I want to happen is I want Vin Diesel and his crew to be like, Yo, we got another driving mission. It's at this nuclear power plant top secret job and then they like go in but then there's an explosion they get blasted with radiation and they all get superpowers and then like like Vin Diesel gets super speed and then you know Ludacris becomes like he gets like techno techno powers what is it technokinesis he can control (laughs) machines and then they're like flying around but then like there's because they already they already have superpowers in it in Hobbs and Shaw Idris Elba was a super soldier with like nanotech modifications like we're already here dude I want superhero Vin Diesel Oh, no. Dude, do you have an opinion on Fast and Furious, Peter Navarro? I do not. Haven't, haven't, <laughs> haven't watched any <laughs> any of the. I've heard they, they keep getting made because they always make money. And I can yeah. understand that. They logic. went to outer space. That is stupid. No, it's not. It is the greatest thing ever. No. Wasn't there one of their stars, though, that tragically died? Yeah, yeah. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Right. Yeah, yeah. He was the original. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, sad, that, that I did not know. That's the. <laughs> With some tragedy, yes. Yeah. yes. They should do one on Mars. Maybe you should watch Fast and Furious with me because I don't know that I, I I'll, I'll keep my word, but I was I, not I, excited. You know, I'm I'm more of a kind of a slow and mellow kind of guy these mm. days. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you're not the target demographic. You know. Here's a here's here's a question for Peter. <laughs> Peter Provenzano says, "What have you, Trump and Bannon, learned about your bad personnel decisions, Millie, Esper, Bolton, etc.? And how will it be fixed in the next administration?" Well, uh, in the Taking Back Trump's America book, I do offer the dream cabinet as well as the dream staffing of the White House. And as far as I can see, um, if they put somebody like uh, one of my favorites back from the Trump days, this guy named Johnny McAtee, I met him during the campaign. He was originally uh, one of the two body men for the boss. You know, we'd fly out on... uh, uh, we call it Trump Force One, right, which was the, uh, the, the the Trump plane where he'd go campaign and stuff like that. Johnny um, um, joined the administration. He got treated really badly by Chief of Staff Kelly, but he came back at the end to run the personnel decision. All you need is the McAtee filter on there um, to get the right people in. Uh, and we got to get Trump back in. But we also got to get the right people in to run run the I think run the world here. That's the most important thing is yeah. you know, and also firing all the wrong people, all the the schedule F stuff, right? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, look, uh, the thing about the thing about a second Trump term is that the boss knows how to do this now from day one, yeah. and he's got people who know how to do it, and. Uh, we know what, do you, what to what do, you, do. We what know do you, what to do on the economy, certainly. What do you think about, you got Ben Shapiro, Ann Coulter, Laura, uh, uh, Laura Ingram, even Alex Jones saying Trump's not the right path forward. Many of them saying Ron DeSantis. Well, <clears throat> keep in mind that my bailiwick is fair trade, making sure that traders don't cheat, uh, and American manufacturing. And I, I don't know that Ron DeSantis has ever said a word about cracking down on Chinese economic aggression and imposing tariffs. It's not clear to me that he knows anything about that issue, but that's going to be the key to getting back our economy. And yeah, look, I I know the boss, I love the guy, I know he knows what to do, and so I'm a Trump guy. Yeah. 
All right. This is a good one. Mahil says, in my experience, boxes are usually empty or maybe with a little cheese stuck to the top. And one time pepperoni. What a day that was. All right. Who knows the reference? Oh, the FBI raided 11 pizza boxes from no. Trump's house. And that's, they just no, that no one knows the reference. No, 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 I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's too bad. Zoidberg. Feature oh, yep, you all you all get three demerits. Stephen Hardman says, I'd like to know this gentleman's opinion on nuclear power, its potential role in aiding in what seems to be a global energy crisis. And should we consider domestic production of uranium as an area of national importance and security? First book I ever wrote, 1984, The Dimming of America. The central thesis of that book is that bad regulation around the country was suppressing the development coal and nuclear power plants and that would lead to electricity shortages in 2000 and i was in california when that and enron hit um the uh, the trick with nuclear power and it's a big trick is to figure out how to build them sa- safely but again apropos of talking with ian about technology i mean there's there's smaller safer modular kind of systems that can be built standardized and um they they have a place uh, in our in our grid i mean they, they, this whole electric vehicle thing I, the biden administration keeps forgetting that in order for an electric vehicle to run they need electricity right yep <laughs> have, have you seen nuclear diamond batteries they're recovering spent nuclear fuel, like nuclear waste, and then they're putting it inside of diamond, and it's creating a low charge for like, you get like 10,000 years of electrical charge. By the way, I buried the lead about DeSantis. In the, in the Trading Back Trump's America book, I recommend DeSantis as the VP choice right away. If they can seal that deal, like mm-hmm. now, that'll clear the field, yep. and DeSantis should do that because then he'd be in the White House for 12 years. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think it, it's, it, you know, we had, I think it was Santorum who was on and said 12 years of a Republican presidency is wishful thinking, but I still think it's probably the right approach. DeSantis was not in the White House. He just, what was he was in Congress before the governorship. Donald Trump went through this on the was first. Was he in Congress? DeSantis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was right? He was, right? Pretty sure. I do not Look know. that up. He wasn't? I don't think he was in Congress. I don't remember him being in Congress. Maybe he might have been state, state legislature. legislature I think. Oh, is that what it was? Maybe yeah. in the state house. He kind of came over. Yeah. He came out of nowhere. He was and in the house. He, yeah, he was, he was house, house representative. Was he? Yeah. 2013 to 18. Trump. Yeah, he, Trump, was, he was in Congress. Trump mm-hmm. saved him. Uh, I don't know if he saved him, but the Trump endorsement kind of propelled him in, in what was a highly competitive race at the time. And look, he acquitted himself very, very well on something that he and I totally agree on, which was the, the you know, the, the, the follies of Fauci. I mean, oh, everything Fauci did, he did the opposite of. And, not in the and beginning. right on. You know, they, they, they locked down for a little while, but things got better. I think, I think it's a good move. Let's read some more. We got X runner who says, my plumber friend laughs, get a degree or you will be a burger flipper. He gets served at Starbucks by master's holders. Me, yeah. I went STEM, no loans. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. It's like yeah. there's a meme yeah. where it's a uh, yeah. it's a woman holding a book yeah. and it's like hundred twenty thousand dollars in student loans, no job, in debt, wants you to pay for it. Yeah. And then it's like a guy working on a telephone pole and it's like hundred thousand dollars a year, union job, no debt. It's like Shut it's up, not going. Yeah, it's not gonna. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Shuts off the electricity of the. Yeah. Eleventh hour studio says huge thanks to Timcast and the thousands who viewed my cover of Will of the People. Uploaded a much higher quality re-record. And a cover of Only Ever Wanted on the Way. Great show tonight, as always. 
Uh, right on, man. So uh, Will of the People is the first song we put out. And I was actually really bummed when going through the data. It, it would have been it would have hit the charts because we didn't know what we were doing. We just uploaded the song. We were like, hey, look, we did a song and it's actually doing really, really well. In the past like two months, it's gotten like hundreds of thousands of hits on Spotify, which I didn't even realize just started doing really well. And then it's funny to see all these lefties saying that they liked the song and then they realized it was from me and they're like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Paul Renfer says, when do we get a song where Tim sings it in that homeless voice? I mean, maybe on uh, Chicken City or something. <laughs> Great. Chicken City, the album. Chicken City. We have a Chicken City theme song. We are we already demo tracked it, too. It's going to be great. I like it. Yeah, Chicken City, man. All right. Jeffrey Dubois says, hey, guys, I'm a big fan. Tim, can you set up a process for us to donate money to specific projects we want, like the website being developed or the app or some other project in the works? Well, I mean, that's fantastic. If, if, if you sign up to become a member at TimCast.com, there's a bunch of different tiers. It's like 10 bucks to be a member. And then the other tiers are basically like, if you give 25 bucks, you're basically giving a $15 donation on top of the $10 price. So uh, we, we, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You can choose to give more. As for like the app and the website being developed, it's just labor. You know, like we, we have the resources to fund it. We don't have the people and finding them is difficult. It's not easy. Rapture. Yeah, the rapture happened. Like, where is everybody? <laughs> so we have, and it's not just that, but like, look, hiring is a minefield. Someone walks up to your door or, you know, emails you and they're like, I'll take a job. And you've got to figure out if they're capable of doing it. And it's hard. So, you know, it's difficult, man. Let's grab some more super chats. All right. Dave Wiggins says, love that you were able to get Navarro on here. Amazing to see the context and personality of an individual. Especially after seeing the insanity we live in. Very powerful to see these individuals as regular people hoping for the best. That's right. Absolutely. Mavis says, loan forgiveness is all fun and games until states like New York's New York tax it as income. And they will. Why wouldn't they? You think the government's going to give you 10 grand and the state's going to be like, oh, uh, we're, we're not interested in that. 10 grand of your own tax money and then they're going to tax you on it. Can you imagine that? <laughs> That's right. I stand by. Biden just did this to be able to say, I am the student loan forgiveness president. Well, he student loan it, accelerated repayment program mm-hmm. president is what he's doing. He's trying to make us pay back our own loans fast. <laughs> Maybe service guarantees citizenship, man. Nick says, Tom McDonald is great, but don't sleep on Chris Webby. You'll love his raw thoughts V if you like Tom. Right on. Okay. Only ever wanted said, in the end, what separates a man from a slave? Money? Power? No. A man chooses, a slave obeys. Andrew Ryan, Bioshock. What a great game. All right. David Scott says, you got to get Tony Heller on the show. Who's that? Don't know who that is? No, Tony Heller. Marion Holtzman says, you live in a blue state? No problem here in Tennessee to get anything done. I've been constructing for three years. No problem. No, we're in West Virginia. West Virginia is MAGA country, baby. But uh, there's like there's like a big thing happening because there's like a child. There's, a, there's an all ages drag show happening in Martinsburg. Oh, and all of a sudden, exciting. like everybody's starting to like lose their minds, I guess. So like it's all being shared on the local forums and they're like, why? And I'm like, I'm kind of worried. Like, why would you put on a drag show all ages in MAGA country? You huh. know, Martinsburg. Like West Virginia is really interesting because they get a flow of people from D.C. and Northern Virginia coming. No, I in. get it, but it's still MAGA country. I think that they don't think it is because they're like, oh, it's sort of a city, and so we we occupy here. Like they think they're being um, provocative enough where they'll only attract like-minded people, and I just I think it's not well thought out. 
Yeah, man, I was we were looking at setting up an operation in Martinsburg, but I'm, I'm going to steer clear of that stuff. And it's not just about the, the drag show for for kids. It's that there was a diner that was closed at noon on a Saturday. And I'm just like, it's a bad place to buy property. I, you know, they they there are people there think that it's become it's coming up. It's the city in West Virginia. And I feel bad because I'd love to see West Virginia thrive. But not if that's the kind of thriving that comes to town when you start building it up. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like, nah, go somewhere else, man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe move further, you know, west into West Virginia. All right. We'll grab a couple more here. 10 bucks stew says Fast and the Furious 23 Revengeance. The crew goes on the ultimate heist. They steal time by racing inside the Large Hadron Collider. They got to steal the original copy of Fast and the Furious. They go back in time and get a copy of it. If there are 20 Fast and the Furious, I will be real mad. I will be quite furious indeed. (laughs) That's too many. You might love it by then. No, I don't think I will. I mean, I want to stay open-minded. You might be resigned. The future is being written. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. We're going to have a members only show coming up in just a little bit. And click the link in the description below. It'll bring you over to Bandcamp, where it's very, very easy to just click buy the song for 69 cents if you want to support Only Ever Wanted. If you guys buy enough, we might actually chart, which would be really cool. Uh, Otherwise, buy the song and check it out, or it's available on all streaming platforms if you want to check it out there. And we're going to be releasing a lot more. The goal with this is just to make culture. And uh, look, I would have been satisfied if the song came out and had like, you know, 50 to 100K hits. And we were like, you know, that's all it is. Instead, it's got like a million plus, you know, combined on all these other platforms. And it's kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Really do appreciate all the support. Uh, You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. Peter, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, yeah, as long as we're pushing stuff, uh, let's get me to Amazon number one, taking Ooh. back Trump's America. And by the way, this book doubles as my legal defense fund. So help a brother out, baby. You taking go. back you Trump's America. Available on Amazon today. It's the key to getting back the House of Representatives in the November election and the White House in 2024. When, when were you on last? About a year ago, in wow. the earlier book, this is this is a planned uh, second book of the three memoirs from my oh, White yeah. House years. But I decided, uh, given the Biden fiasco, to make sure that this was prospective as a way of, of, of showing how what we did the first term would help us move forward and, and get back to White House again um, in 2025. So. Right on, man. Thanks, All right. for, thanks for coming. You got it. You take back charts, my book charts. Hey, it's all Let's good. Get it. It's all good. Hey, but the problem is if we get money, we still can't build anything because there's no supply chain. <laughs> well, right. but we, I'm, I'm working on that try. too. Yeah, so, yeah. All right. All right. Hey, I might know where we can find some, some, some graphene. Graphene. Carbon. Yes. <laughs> the air. Yes. Oh, you're right. I'm Hannah Claire Bremlow. I want to say happy birthday to my older brother. He's excellent, and I'm a huge fan. Uh, you can find me on TimCast.com. You can click on the Read tab, see work from me and the rest of our news team. You can also find me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, follow me at Ian Crossland on the internet, anywhere, any social media, wherever you want to. And Peter, always a pleasure, my man. My brother. Looking good. Graphene, baby, all the way. Nice outfit. I actually knew about that. My stepson is a graphene freak. Awesome. Yeah. You must listen to and Ian. There's more to it. It's the fiend structure. There's like borophene as well, boron in that he's, same. He's putting, house. he's building an internet with photons. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Using light. He's, he's like a physics guy. Wi-Fi? They're yeah. using like sound, gui- like sound guided light 
instead yeah, of yeah, electricity. You, well, the idea is you can you can you can do you can transmit for internet purposes using photons. Live, yeah, that's a speed light like fidelity. Yeah. Yes, cool. Yeah. That's your yeah, nephew. He, he introduced me to my stepson. He introduced me to graphene. Oh, that's cool. beautiful. Yeah, physics, physics guy. Oh, yes, yeah. right the on. future. All right, thank you guys all very much for tuning in this casual Tuesday. I am on Pop Culture Crisis tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's see if we can get Brett to dye his hair or to bleach, bleach his hair, right? Oh, my gosh, so exciting. And I'd that, love to see this. You that, know you want to see an Eminem Brett. You It'll do. Oh, yeah. Just search, search Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. Correct. Subscribe. It is a similar format show to this, but it's actually the more fun version. <laughs> like, we laugh sometimes, but Pop Culture Crisis is like, money guns firing off while people are talking, landing a coffee and talking about games, TV shows, movies. So yes. it was meant to be more entertainment where we're very serious and screaming like the end is near civil war. <laughs> Alex Jones comes on. He's banging on the table about as a gorilla. And, you know, yeah, actually, that's great. pretty fun. That was pretty fun, too. Yes, yeah. it is very fun. It's a totally different vibe. You guys should check it out. Like I always say, politics is downstream of culture. Keep up with the culture on Pop Culture Crisis. You guys can follow me on TwitterMinds.com at SourPatchLitz as well as SourPatchLitz.me. We will see you all at TimCast.com. We'll be hanging out with Peter for a special uncensored uh, segment. It comes, uh, comes up at about 11 p.m. We'll see you all then. Thanks for hanging out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.